I essentially got asked to be kicked off the podcast, and I'm like, man, did I swear that much? Because I, I, you know, the world I come from, casino industry, Las Vegas, the whole thing. I know I swear. I listen to my kid talk. I'm well aware <laughs> of what I say. But I, man, I, I didn't think I swore that much. And then listening back through, I, it's like it wasn't that bad. I didn't think. Sometimes I enjoy. I don't mind it because you're, you're talking about a story. You're getting yeah. excited. You're being real. We're, yeah. we're, we're shooting it with the boys. Yeah. Well, my whole thing was supporter. He's like, man, you gotta, you gotta stop. I'm like, I believe me, I'm, I'm actively trying. Like, I understand, you know, the, the world we're in and families are trying to whatever it is. Like, yeah. I totally get it. The thing with a podcast, though, like where I was coming from, is it's like, I was just gonna say curse word it's like <laughs> you, you know, already just, caught yourself shooting yeah. it with the, with the guys and it's like if if i have to process internally <clears throat> to think about what i'm going to say before i say it so i don't cuss then it becomes more of like an interview and it's no, not yeah. a conversation you know what i mean it's like yeah. interview thought instead of just conversational yeah. the whole purpose is like somebody being a fly on the wall and just kind of listening to what we're talking about yeah i'm sure you guys are going to get passionate about what we're going to talk about today and Right. And it's like, if you think about it beforehand, then it becomes an interview and yeah. it's not a conversation. So anyways, I will do my best to quit talking or to quit cussing, but, uh, no, no promises. <laughs> we'll see what happens. It don't bother me. Yeah. But before we start though, I just want to call out how short Blake is. We could all just Kobe, you're way, way taller than Blake. I am, but he gets up the mountain all right. Okay. Yeah, Colby's <laughs> way taller than Blake for everybody that's We, we need to find a, uh, a different stool over there. We do need to find a different one. Don't we have stools coming? Yeah, but the lead time, like I said, I'm not very pumped about. Oh, yeah, it was a long I lead thought, time. I thought the whole COVID bullshit stuff was over, like all the back channels and all this stuff. Not over. No. I'm trying to get stools. It's going to be It's just it's a new gonna be a while. That was, that was, that's one to the swear jar. <laughs> Is it? Oh. Yep. You got, put a jar up. Yeah, we should put a jar. You know, have you ever seen the, the mm. interview where Marshawn Lynch on ESPN catches himself swearing? And he's like, oh, I, I can't say that because it was live TV. But then he goes on to swear like nine more times and doesn't <laughs> notice. That's me. Yeah. Like that is, that's me. Yeah. If anybody was wondering. So as you see, we got Blake and Colby here. I want you guys to explain what you guys do. Explain yourself. Describe yourself. Just how, however long you want to go. Well, well, we're both guides for this Witten State in Nevada. We guide for Silver State Guides and Outfitters. Um, we do all species, but we specifically like we really love sheep sheep's our passion and mm -hmm. and mule deer second yep. to that so sound addiction. like good people already yeah, yeah. sheep and mule deer yeah. addiction obsession on sheep for sure for me i i uh what makes it a level of addiction oh when you'll do it all the time when you're told not to do it and you still do it still out there scouting yeah. so how many how many days do you guys put in in the field per year roughly oh last year i clocked it was like a i want to say it was like 170 something days i went pretty hard last year though i feel like i was we i mean we had a very important bid tag hunt we did for sheep and we mm -hmm. put a lot of time like me and colby were july through we killed in the end of september we started <clears throat> july 1st well we started at the beginning of june yeah. yeah i mean it was and it was every day, and, right? Yeah, that's the addiction. <laughs> that it wasn't a good year last year, right? No. It was pretty tough. It was rough. Well, all the rains is what really Spread kicked our butt. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I mean, there was points where I was going to set camera and I'm walking up a creek to go set a camera on a guzzler. I'm like, why am I doing this? Yeah, like literally, I called you. I think I think it was yeah. on Facetime, and I was like, 
this is a creek. It's been going for about a half mile. Like, <laughs> oh I still set the camera because I'm not of course. very smart. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, how'd you, <clears throat> when you guys got into it, right? Because you were the one that got into it first, Colby. I, my my stepdad, yeah. he, I've lived with him since I was in first grade. He started Silver State Guides like over 40 years ago. And so yeah. um, I grew up hunting. My whole family hunts. I mean, from my grandparents down and... Uh, after just shortly after high school, I said, Hey, I want to take this over for me. I want to keep going. And yeah, pretty much from there, me and Blake hooked up and we just went. So you guys were set up from the get, you guys were together. We started a real serious, what, 2012, 2011. The year before your tag. 2012. Yeah. Yeah. Is when we really started guiding together series. Yeah. And you guys knew each other before then? Yeah. yeah. I knew Colby since he was like this tall when he stole my uh, drop in ramp for my BMX. <laughs> oh, what a guy. Good old BMX guy, yeah. huh? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I long, you know, way back, I met your stepdad a long time ago. I actually met him before you, didn't yeah. I? Yeah. Yeah. Big old Wayne. I mean, he's a he's an awesome guy. Great guy. And he's huge. Yeah. That guy's giant. Yeah. He's bigger than Brady, isn't he? Uh, They're probably about equal height. Are they? Equal height. Six, five, six, six. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's a giant, man. The first time I met him, I'm like, oh. Um, but yeah, I met him a while back, mule deer hunting central Nevada. And then, uh, so uh, yeah. And then meeting you down here and then into yeah. the sheep game, like that was. Did you first run into him on the mountain or did you run into him through mutual friends? A, a mutual contact on the mountain. So it was in camp. Like okay. I met, I ran into him in camp. God, that'd be a scary guy and to come across on the mountain. We, <laughs> yeah. We were after the same man. I'm like, no man, you can have, <laughs> we're good. Um, but no, it was through mutual friends back then when i was hunting central nevada a lot and uh met him in camp and then love the guy he was a great yeah. guy yeah um then i can't remember how you and i we crossed paths we a while ranch. is that where we met, we met too at was at that same time yeah. yeah yeah so then we've yeah so anyways we go go back quite a bit and then i met you through go hunt later yeah. on um so you guys were together from the get in 2013 when you guys took it over serious and were you guys in sheep already that's all we wanted to do in the beginning yeah yeah we wanted to just just be the best we could be at guiding sheep. sheep. And then like our goal was we did want to take a heritage tag. So we wanted to do yep. from the that start. That was the goal. Yeah. yeah. And then once we kind of did that, we really went after mule deer as well. Yeah. Explain the heritage tag and why you guys wanted that. I mean, I'm sure people are familiar, but like just explain why that was kind of the pinnacle of what you guys were after. You get to chase the biggest rams in the state. Like you get unlimited units, you get... I mean, you get to go look at so many sheep doing that. If you're a fanatic and you have the sheep addiction, like that is the one tag that you get to look at so many sheep. Yeah. Yeah, and it's obviously a special tag. It goes towards conservation. Uh, That's the reason we have, if it wasn't for those tags, we wouldn't have the sheep we have in the state in the first place. But being able to hunt every unit for six months out of the year during the rut, in the heat, you know, what's sheep hunting all about? It's about the terrain they live in and how just how tough they are. And so you get to be out there in that rugged heat terrain and yeah. run around with them and really live it. So what is it about sheep in general though? You know what I mean? Like everyone Yeah, everyone always says sheep are the pinnacle, but like Like why is sheep why? better than yeah. why, why is it to you guys? Sheep are better because they don't drop their horns and you can watch them year round. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean that's, that's, that's a good point. It's valid. Yeah. That's valid. Um, and where they live is pretty cool too. But like I was super fortunate. I drew a desert bighorn sheep tag. So early in my career, I've already killed the desert. I killed it in New Mexico. Drew that tag in 2013. And it's the first ram I killed. 
first sheep experience. I mean, I'm, I'm, I love sheep. I'm, I'm with you, but like this whole pinnacle of sheep hunting. Cause like the WSF and the sheep guys out there, like it is such a cult in its own brotherhood yeah. in its own. It's really interesting. And I mean, I would love to do it again, obviously, but it's, uh, I don't know. Everyone says you get beat uh, bit by the sheep bug. I'm still bit by the mule deer and antelope bug. Like I'm, just, I'm not over that. So yeah. I don't even have time to think about sheep. I would love to do it again, but like, what is it about sheep other than other than that that creates this like internal culture? It's it's the highs and lows of it. I feel like like if you you push yourself so hard and you like to get it done, and once people have done that themselves, like it puts you in that group. And like like I personally haven't even killed a sheep, but I've been on a lot of sheep hunts and I see like the highs and lows and the reward of it, of like pushing yourself to the mm -hmm. limit and other people that have done that and have been in that situation and see what it takes. I mean, to make it happen is like, that's what puts you all in that, that, that club, you yeah. know, that, yeah. that cult, what you call it, you know, it's like, I will say it was unbelievably difficult, <clears throat> like comparative to some yeah. of the other hunts I've been on. Yeah. And I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not knocking mule deer hunters because to kill a mule deer with your bow is hard. Yeah. To kill an elk with your bow is hard. Like, but it, it, it's everything involved in sheep hunting is what makes it so desirable. It's all of the, you know, like you can't go buy an over the counter sheep tag. I mean, you can't, but it is expensive. You want to go do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's very limited availability to go sheep yeah hunting. so it is so coveted it that's is what that. draw, that's what draws that emotional side of thing too like yes. you shoot a sheep it's a oh well, it's that's, an emotional that's the side of it that i'm talking to though is like when i killed my i'll never forget when i killed my ram in new mexico 2013 walked up to it and it was an unbelievable experience the hunt was phenomenal i killed a great ram um <clears throat> You know, I was down there two days early to scout, found the ram I wanted to kill, found him two days into the hunt. They got chased by a mountain lion to the wrong side of the mountain. They couldn't hunt him the first day. Anyways, killed him. Very first thing I thought to myself when I walked up on it was, well, never do this again. Yeah. And like that mentality, I'm like, you know, it's just whenever you kill a mule deer, you kill a bull, you can't wait to the next, next time. Mm -hmm. And that sheep for me just, I had this like massive disconnect in my mind of like, well, that's Done. probably not going to happen ever again, you know? It's just an interesting animal that it's like so coveted and so uh like there's just nothing for opportunity. No, there is not. I mean no. But it's one of the coolest animals to talk about and yeah. look at. You know super tough yet super delicate species. I mean uh, that's said, what's interesting. Yeah. You know, get to go torture ourselves like for two, three months straight in the blistering heat and then yeah, finally get to put our hands on that giant ram or know, explain to people ram. how hot it is out here in nevada when you guys are looking for sheep because i mean it's pretty hard to comprehend like the temperatures you guys are dealing with yeah uh, upwards 115 i mean yeah and multiple like legit days 115 yeah, we yeah. Just, yeah we've been out in that well it's, so hot to where your water you can't drink it because it burns your lips out of your out of your <laughs> yeah camel pack that's hot oh my gosh like, we sat <laughs> that's on, hot we sat you on drink a ram one year back out uh, just in these big lava rocks. And it was, oh, God. And it was like a three days straight we sat on that ram and we were trying to build everything we could to build shade because there's no shade out there. So we're setting our packs on these rocks and God. using, <laughs> I mean, raincoats or whatever we get out of our packs just try to get out of the sun. And uh, that was horrible. Yep. When was this? 2017. You yeah. Sitting yeah. on a ram waiting for, oh. waiting for a client to come in. Hunter. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah, was miserable. Yeah. What about like 
taking a couple big tall tripods and setting those up and then trying to put like a bunch of like well, you, said jackets or something like that around it to get shade or is that just too windy sometimes in the summertime <laughs> <laughs> true <laughs> true yes i'm used to these we did, i never know when a cold snap's going through them yeah. 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 yeah and you're not trying to carry too much because it's that hot plus you're hiking in there yeah. yeah if you want to carry any extra it's water and then like i've adapted some uh, different processes of uh keeping your water from getting too hot mm-hmm. um like, what was that doing like how, how are you doing that? You can wrap it in your thermal, like a, or in like in a in your puffy, or if you get like they have uh, like insulated bladders, mm. those work mediocre. Freezing stuff and wrapping it oh, in yeah. like a bag, like a mm-hmm. I take a dry bag and you put your your frozen Gatorades and then you put your water bladder inside of that and then roll up your dry bag and hang that all together and then you kind of have cold water for like half the day. Half the day. Yeah. We did a <laughs> we did a heritage tag hunt with. Uh, a guy named Jerry, and um, it was super hot year. And where this ram was that we wanted to hunt, you had to hike with Jerry. He was 69, I think, that year. And you had to hike three miles uh, around. And I found this cave that was north-facing, and it was out of the sun. So I said, and it was like 300 yards from the guzzler. So I was like, well, we're going to go hike in here in the dark every day, sit in that cave, because if not, you're going to kill yourselves out there hiking mm-hmm. around. So every day we hiked in there in the dark. We hiked out in the dark. I'd bring in a backpack full of frozen water bottles. I mean, by midday, they were hot. I mean, thawed out and hot. Even in that cave? Even in that cave. I mean, it was so hot. And um, we, so we did that every day. And it was an hour drive in or more than that from camp. Yeah, it was an hour drive in, hour drive Three hours of sleep a night. And this went on for 10 days. (laughs) To kill this ram? He was there for 10 days. days. He came back for another stint. But you guys were there. But we were there for 15 days. Yeah. And I mean, it was we so were there hot. five days early. This like, is a, it's pretty funny. So, so it's so hot. We're, and we're so tired by like day six or seven. We're sitting in this cave and you can't stay awake at this point. So me and Jerry would take turns and they're out glass in different spots. And we'd take turns taking a nap. Um, and he'd be reading a book. And, but you couldn't take your eyes off the guzzler because at any moment a ram would show up. You wouldn't hear him coming or nothing. So, mm-hmm. And I'm like laying on my back. And I'm against my pack and I'm sleeping. And I kind of, something wakes me up. And I look down and here's this, the back. I don't know, eight to ten inches of a rattlesnake going under my back in this cave. Oh, and you're barefoot because we're just you take uh, off your shoes. You're just so hot. Yeah, I come running out of there barefoot, and uh, Jerry looks up at me like, "What are you doing? You crazy?" And I'm yeah. like, "There's a freaking rattlesnake going in there." And he, he's terrified of rattlesnakes, so he jumps up, and he's <laughs> he's kind of a shorter guy. He jumps up and he just smashes his head on the top of the the cave. We come Gosh. out, we, uh, we, we get the rattlesnake, we get him out of the cave. Did you we, kill it? We, we, like chucked it. Yeah, I don't want to really mess around with it too much, and. Uh, the next day, I was like, Jerry, we're going to take a break from the cave, and, and Blake and Rob will go sit in the cave, and we'll go hunt in different spots and just yeah. glass. And we get a picture from Blake, and he's like leaning back in the cave, looks up, and there's a piece of meat from Jerry's head hanging from the top of the cave. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? He hit his head so hard. Yeah. And like, it was probably like an inch long. So it split his head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was meat and hair. I was like, <laughs> I was like that's uh, hair. Uh, mm. So I tasted it's it. rough living in a cave in the summertime. Oh, man. <laughs> Miserable. Uh, did you guys kill the ram off that guzzler? We no. killed uh, so so many. There were so many good rams in that year. And, and there was a ram that kept coming in. He's like a 10-year-old, 9 or 10-year-old ram, flared, real pretty ram. And Jerry wanted to kill it. And I said, hey, we got this other ram in here that we want to kill. And he goes, I'm crazy for not killing that ram. And he'd argue back and forth. And we had like two or three opportunities. Well, when he came back in, um, what was it, November? Yeah, he came back the first part of November. And we went hiking in there, looking for the ram we were looking for. And uh, I glassed that ram days, up. We were yeah. looking again. 
I glassed that ram up and I was like, oh, he, they're, I'm not going to talk him out of it. And I said, there's that ram. And I don't remember what I called it back. Well, we had like a nickname for it, but he just took his pack off, started getting his rifle out. And I was like, well, this is it. And he just hammered it. He was super happy. But there was just, just a stupid giant there that nobody ever ended up killing. But that was what we were trying to get. He just disappeared? Yeah, disappeared. Does that happen often? Some of these big rams, you like find them and they're kind of disappearing? Or they that's kind really of the only ram able that's to pattern them? To us. <laughs> that, yeah, that's the only ram that did the full-on Houdini and... Yeah. Never showed back up. Oh, Never, man, this ram is just... How far do you think he's after? traveling? Like, mm, any nope. idea, maybe? He died. Back. You think so? I, he died that. One of the guzzlers dried up there that year. Well, it filled with sand. It got flooded out. And there's two guzzlers pretty close. And he hit it, and he was, like, pawing at it. And then he left, and he hit the other guzzler. And then we never saw him again. And then we had to pull cameras. That was the first year we had the camera. Oh, right. Too. Yeah. Nevada instilled the, you got to pull the cameras. Yeah. The the day before we pulled cameras, I was sitting on Beef Jerky Ridge, and I seen him coming down a ridge coming down to go into that cane where that guzzler was and then that was the last I ever seen him. yeah hmm. so these guzzlers that are pretty important out there for sheep and other other wildlife oh, yeah, and yeah, very and they've been they've been going dry quite frequently or is it during the drought yeah started, yeah we've been uh, having a pretty bad drought here 2000 was it 19 or 20 it was 19 when 19 was well eight, 18 19 was the first Real hard drought. Real a bunch. We lost a bunch of rams in one of our like top units here. And yeah, like a lot of mature rams. And, and that, just, is that the year we were flying water in with the helicopter? We in the flew, wilderness because you can't. That was the next water. year. Is that that year? Is that that the was next the next year? Next year, year and then they that? started going dry again. Yeah, and it was like two or three, like two or three years in a row that. Yeah, that was rough, man. It's been rough until last year and this year. Um, so with these sheep, like you guys keep talking about the heritage tag and staying out there. What is what's the strategy? With, with sheep in Nevada? Like, what's your guys' strategy with the heritage tag? To get them killed? No, like, just overall. You guys get the get oh. the heritage hunter. He calls you, says, hey, I bought the tag, and I want you guys to take me. Like, where do you guys start? You guys start looking day one because they don't shed their horns? Or what do you, what do you guys do? Uh, we, we're always out looking. Yeah. But really, like, those big rams, because they get so spread out, especially, like, this year. Yeah. You get so much water. There's, like... There's no, I mean, they're everywhere. They're so spread out, and these rams will get down these low rollers and get lazy, and it's pretty hard to find them. Yeah. <clears throat> as soon as it starts getting warm uh, and hot, we'll start putting cameras out, and we'll start doing a ton more glassing. And uh, we typically don't see our mature rams till like, some of the mature rams won't show up till like mid July, you know? Uh, pre rut? Pre -rut. Is it for the heat or is it pre rut? The heat. That's we need to have like, thing. we need to have like, we always say like two or three days, we'll have three days in a row, 100 degrees. It's crazy. It's it's still hot out there, but it takes like that for some of these mature rams to show up on yeah. water. Yeah. It's hmm. so interesting to to just talk through it because we don't, you know what I mean? Like <clears> you guys, are guys don't it. get to ever yeah. do it. Yeah. So that's what you guys are looking for is two, three, four days of hundred plus degrees. That's no rain. Kind of, they'll start yeah. showing up on on the guzzlers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But if you get rain and it's still that hot, they they don't have to go to the water. Hmm. They, they will get lazy uh, during the, the winter. Yeah, they they to pull away from like even know. in the summer. So if they're if they're somewhere in the summer and it starts raining even though it's 115 the next day mm -hmm. they won't leave they'll they just won't go to the water source yeah, there's still so many water pockets in the mountains themselves like yeah and in the, the vegetation like they adapt super well to pulling water out of edge i feel like like yeah even the grass the, i mean obviously cactus when we've had we've had big rams never even hit the guzzler they had to be living off of cactus like barrel cactus yeah, yeah. Barrel like we cactus, had every cameras like every water cameraed and we were all out there glassing around yeah. the water source, and he, the ram would never hit it. But then would just show up, hmm. mountain use, you mm -hmm. know, chasing them. It's like, yeah, that where have was, you been? There was one ram in particular that we that we 
Never saw. In, in the two years that we really were looking for him on cameras, he we had him maybe twice on camera. And we even had the little there's seeps in there that we know about we had covered. And he just never would hit water. Yep. And the thing about the desert, too, is the second it rains, rock holds water. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, like, yeah. you get all kinds of little Tons. water pockets. Tons. So you guys sitting up there tough. with, like, big big glass a lot of times or glass from long distance or you're actually getting into the mountains and trying both. to find these little pockets? Yeah, oh. we carry we both carry big glass. And then we'll have 15s or 12s on our chest and tripods mm-hmm. and kind of go from there. You guys are probably talking to sheep hunters, especially like desert sheep hunters. Because like, I've been on a doll hunt. I mean, finding a white ram on a green hillside. Don't need the biggest glass on the planet for that. But desert hunting, like when I was in New Mexico, you guys are probably the most uh, well, most seasoned glassers out there. I mean, I feel like deserts blend in. And what they live in is like incredibly hard and heat waves, all that stuff. Yeah. So what's your guys' take on glass? Like, what do you guys, what's your go-to? Uh, my go-to is I run the twins. So the twin Suaro setup. Um, that setup is pretty slick. Yeah. We went out there that one yeah. time. Like that is. I couldn't talk you into it. Though. I know. I had to go BTX yeah. instead. You tried to tell well, me I should do the twins. That's what happened with, so he went twins. I went BTX. And What'd you just buy? I just switched. You just switched. Why? Well, yeah. Because Explain we, all we, that. We, we glass and guide all year together and those are i mean in my opinion those are what's the price difference setting up a twins do you do the 65s 85s what do you do do 65s 65s, yeah they have to be 65s right because they no the other ones can't a a new company is making the 80s 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 and then they have the 85 koas or 88 koas that they're doing so mm-hmm. you can make i mean it matters what your eyes are and they have, yeah and they have to be straight right you can't use the angled yeah. well they have to have that little offset the offset yeah, yeah. that's why the swords are really yeah. well they so what's the price difference oh only minimal 500 like, bucks not even well the twins is 500 more expensive what's a what is the btx what's the btx 95 go for right now i i could pull it up real quick yeah, hey paul one. uh cody what's btx 95 go for because you can tw- get the twins built right now from a guy online you can get them for 56 total 56 total built ready to go yeah on the platform and everything yeah 2299 so 2300 yeah and then it's what 28 for btx right yeah so you're you're cheaper in the twins i'm not a math guy i'm terrible at doing math so don't take my word for it before i think that we check i this, think but. that adam's adapter's places i think it's like 6500 bucks i don't i don't know yeah but, but i mean that's your guys's go-to for big glass <clears throat> yeah and, and it's nice too because you do have, now. you can zoom in then yes that, for that's BTX, my, that fixed. my problem that fixed 35 was too much i would be Anyway, I just end up using it as a spotter, and I always use my 15s. I mean, 15s, I love 15s. Yeah. There's no replacing 15s, but I would just never – I hardly glassed from it. I did glass from it, don't get me wrong, but I hardly did. I ended up using a doubler on it and using it as a spotter, mm-hmm. and I'm like – And the weight difference is like literally a half pound, I believe. Yeah. Like it's not mm-hmm. much. The twins are a half pound heavier? Yep. Yeah. But they're like – they're this big. They're less awkward of a – They are, they are less better. awkward. I've been around one guy with, with twins, and it's, it's an interesting little setup. Like yeah. it's pretty cool. No question. Do you think cool. you're using those more than your Koas, your Highlander? Yeah, I'm like my. I let someone use my Highlanders for like four months. Yeah, that guy <laughs> over there sitting to our left, Mr. Cody, huh? <laughs> Cody was <clears throat> Cody pseudo stolen from you. Yeah, nice. I mean they're great. The Highlanders are awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. You know, on a really windy day, the Highlanders will come because they're so heavy and yeah, stable. They're stable. Thirteen pounds. You put them on a eight nine pound tripod, like it's you know it's stable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. You ain't backpacking with those yeah, suckers. Hell no. <laughs> those things are heavy. I mean, you could backpack with them. Yeah. Oh, he has. <laughs> you could try. Uh, yeah, I've been sent places. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. That's, that's why I was like, we had that discussion a long time because he's, you had both your twins and you had the Koas out there. And that was the, the time period I was thinking about getting some big eyes. And I just still love the modularity I can get with my, my Swaro. Cause I, for me as a, I don't do what you guys do, I guess. So like my hunts are a little bit different cause I backpack a lot. So I could take my 115 off, get the 65 on there, yep. not take the BTX and use the ATX IPs. So modularity to me was mm-hmm. the leaning factor. But if I did what you guys do, you have probably to. those twins are going to be a game changer yeah. because yeah, you guys are so specialized. I think that's why Lorenzo's saying like you guys are glassing techniques. That's probably so with in. sheep too. Like I'm not, I want to call myself even close to a professional of a sheep hunter or hunter in general for that matter. But noticing like if you're looking for a specific deer, noticing him in a BTX is like super easy and bull elk could be right. Antelope's a little tougher, but you can still, I mean, you can still tell sheep. Do you guys, do you have to be able to zoom in to make sure it's like the ram? Or are you guys looking for sheep that are just so far over and above? Cause that's what you're saying. You don't like that. You can't zoom. And I have the same issue with my BTX. So I went to BTX as well. And I don't like that. I can't zoom, mm-hmm. but for everything that I hunt, I don't really need to, like you, I can, you're, just I thinking, you're looking tell, for that frame. You can, yeah, tell, you can tell like if it's the deer I'm looking for, yeah, you know, or the bull I'm looking for, like we were looking for a bull in Utah this year that my dad ended up killing and like, I mean, you just immediately knew it was him. I didn't need to zoom. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because their antler configurations are, uh, but sheep, I mean, they all got the twisted horns. Do you guys notice immediately or you guys? We can need if it's a, there's a target ram. But yeah. What I meant by the, the, not that I can't zoom, the 35 power was too much for me to. Some of the cams are too tight. Yeah. And, and just the field of view. I just didn't like glass. Field of view is small. I'll, and those I'll at give 25 you power on the twins, the 25 by 50 wise. Yeah. I, uh, Backing out to 25. Well, they, yeah. they, they can. Yeah. Take the place of your 15s. They're so mm. good. Yeah. yeah, I swapped. I Actually, I didn't carry my 15s at all last year. I was 12s. I got the NL 12s. Yeah. And I rent 12s and twins. And but, then, I, like, I do carry my 95 still. Just because? Yeah. I Just case just I need to get, a good get workout. zoom in. Yeah. We had a little late. <laughs> the light gathering is unreal with those. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had time. We're all glass and all sitting up in different high points, kind of scouting for deer, trying to find a certain buck. And... Blake's like, I got, I got him. And none of us can even see out of our 15 jet. We're like, what do you mean you got him? We can't even <laughs> yeah. know, I got him. And sure, sure, the light gathering is incredible. Him. It's insane. It is, it's incredible. And then Holy you go to cow. the 115 and it's like, I first, when I first got the twins, I, I went out and I was looking for sheep and the light was too bright. Like my eyes were watering, like just like billowing. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong with my eyes? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh. <sighs> Try to push it up, make it look like sweat. Like, <laughs> You're working hard. Yeah. You're not crying. No. I swear I'm not crying. <laughs> You're crying. I'm not crying. But so how, we, you like, how are you liking the 12s? They're awesome. They, they, work they as are awesome. That's I, what I went to. I went to 12s in the BTX. I used to have 15 in a big spotter. Then I went 12s in the BTX. What did you do for a tripod mount? The Serial VA5 head. No, like the... No, the... The bino adapter. The bino mount to the... Like the adapter. I'm using that... The dead on the dead on one. Yeah. I went to the Asiac. Yeah, we just the, started carrying the, the Asiac. It's like a oh, uh, it's sick. It's like a three D printed. Sold. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I will tell you though. So when I was down in Sonora, mine broke. So it is. A, I think it's a high grade. Paul, what is it? Plastic? What is it? High grade plastic. Um, and mine did bust. So I'm. I'm also. I am very known to be pretty rough on equipment. I've like, seen your I, spotters before. Yeah. When you like, like my whole thing, my whole thing is if I if I'm buying something to help me do what I want to do. I shouldn't have to baby it. I shouldn't have it, right? It should help me. I should be more efficient with this thing. I'm not the way I'm soft on my stuff. See, I, but this I, guy on the other hand, yeah, <laughs> I just, I believe it should. I mean, if that's what you're paying for, right? It should be, if it's a hunting, 
piece of equipment. Like it should be able to go hunting. Yeah. Now, granted, do I take advantage of it sometimes? Yeah, like in this instance. So I'm down in Sonora and I'm going between BTX and in those 12s because I found a coos deer and I wanted to look at it, see how big it was. So I go to take off my binos from that Asiac, from the um, attachment of the Asiac, take my binos off and I toss it on my backpack. But it's so rocky down there. It must have hit just perfectly. And I'm tossing it from, I'm not as tall as you guys, right? But like tossing it from two, three feet in the air. And I just go to toss it on my backpack and that clip must have hit a rock first before like the actual body of my binos Plastic. hit my backpack. Must have hit just right and it popped a piece of the plastic and then it broke. Mm. So like, was I a little too rough on it? Probably, but I was in a hurry trying to get everything situated mm -hmm. so I could get on the coos. Coos don't yeah, stay yeah, in the sunlight. Happens. Yeah, like they don't stay out for very long and the little bastards go into a grass patch and you can't see them anymore. So I'm like yeah. rushed, you know what I mean? So I did that and it, and it popped. So anyways, that's my only complaint is like, it broke really easy, I feel like, like very easy. Um, but other than that, I love it. It's awesome. Super light, doesn't add any weight, still fits in the bino harness, like incredible piece. Just, I, it must have hit just right. I'm going to give it a try. I'm having it. It's awesome. I, I've lost that screw three times last season. And, oh, I'm, really? and I'm like panicking. I'm like, I found it every time. I'm like, yeah. good thing I can look. Yeah, but it's a panic when, yeah. well, that's, well, when that happened to me down there, I'm like, well, now what? Yeah. When what I was do just now? exclusively glassing with BTX, which, isn't bad, but the field of view, like that was that was a little rough. You run a ninety five? Yes. One, uh, okay. Yeah. Ninety five on the BTX. Yeah. yeah. Um, Do you carry an eyepiece with you? No. So I've started to carry an eyepiece as well. Yeah, you I carry me that. And yeah. I thought it was interesting. I, I don't know why I haven't thought of it or haven't done it, but the, no, the ATX eyepiece is not that heavy at all. No. So it's like I can easily, you know, suck it up and carry that plus the BTX. And that way I can glass with the BTX, locate something. Yeah, I can see frame or whatever. Swap that out, put the ATX, ATX on there, zoom yeah. in, mm -hmm. and then get you a digiscope. It's so much easier to digiscope what to I an found ATX with, compared to BTX. Yes, for sure. What I found with the with the 12 peers, though, is like it facilitates like that, the glassing, like mm -hmm. easily glassing, going from BTX to switching that eyepiece over. Yep. It's like I just go from that to the BTX. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pick up, go from a 12 to a 35. It's been... It's worked really well for me. Yep. So you guys like taking a big inventory of sheep when you go out there too? Like you're digiscoping everything, checking out rams for future years, and just your phone's yeah. probably just, you could probably sit there and scroll oh, forever of yeah. sheep pictures, yeah, videos. My yeah. phone's full right now. Full. That's the cool <laughs> like, thing about sheep. Yeah. <clears throat> that is a cool thing. Honestly, it's, like that'll get you into them. Yeah. It's, it's a bummer though when you see a ram and you're like, oh, that ram's four. I want to see that ram, you know, in five years. Yeah. Then like that next season that pops up, you're like, and he's dead. Oh. Yeah. They're that fragile? No. no like people kill someone else kills like, no Your one average Joe yeah. doesn't know how yeah, yeah. to age For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, completely, uh, I Honestly, my mind didn't even go there because I, yeah, yeah, we what? try to stress that with everybody. Age matters. Yes. Nothing cooler than an old ram. Yeah. All nothing cooler than an old animal cool in general. Old, old yeah. ram, yeah. yeah. Ten plus years score, you know. Yeah, like, you know, like you know, I mean, nothing age, better. Yeah. And what is that? I think I was looking at the harvest report before. Like, most guys are killing rams within a couple of days. when they have, Like, general people have yeah. these tags. Yeah. They're not, yeah. Well, That's, the average the average ram killed. The cool. This is the other cool thing about sheep <clears> for me, because I'm a data guy, right? Data-driven, go hunt, insider, all, everything's data-driven. I like that you have to check sheep in, mm -hmm. and they measure your rams. So yep. you can check all these states, the average base, the average length, the average this, all this stuff. I mean, granted, not everybody knows how to score a ram technically, but you can get a good, you can get a good feel. And I think our average is like one fifty-two or three, something like that. It dropped this it year. Was. It did drop <laughs> to one fifty. One fifty. Really? Yeah. So we dropped that much three in points. average. Yeah, there was only seven rams killed over one seventy this year. One at one eighty, and then just the rest were mid seventy or lower. There's only three rams. 
There was over. seven over 170. Okay, okay. Statewide. I mean, a few years ago, there were seven in one unit over 170. <laughs> so you guys have seen a change that much? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, there, we really, had a really big age class die-off in one of our premier units. Actually, I'm pretty, I want to say in two of our premier units, I just haven't done enough hiking in that unit mm-hmm. to verify it. But I know one of our units, I personally have done some hiking through there and have came across a, a, a lot of dead sheep. What do you think the reason huh. is for that? Drought. 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 Malnourishment. And then in three years of it, their feed's got to be just junk, right? Yeah, so, then, so they might have water from a guzzler. And yes, yeah. we can go in there and helicopter guzzler or go fill up a guzzler or repair a guzzler, but we can't, we can't grow feed no. because and, of the drought. Yeah. Yep. And so I you have water, but you have nothing around there to support them. So they might be traveling back and forth, and that's a long time to get from one guzzler to the next water source. Yep. And that's mm-hmm. maybe where they're dying mm-hmm. off then. Yep. yep. And then they get so, I think they're getting so malnourished and you'll see, we've seen them, they're super skinny. You know, they were, this mm-hmm. year they're going to be real yeah, healthy right. with all the moisture we've had, but and then they go into the rut and I think it's killing them. You know, mm-hmm. they're, yeah. they're, you know, a 10 year old ram in that poor shape goes and puts himself through that much stress. He's not going to survive that. Do you, th- do you think there needs to be more like public education then on how to go about aging rams and just educating people on letting some of these younger ones go and try 100%. to hold up to the bigger ones? Like, like a, to, like a state, there needs to be like more a state public course may, maybe hunting well we just started that yeah. so um they just passed that where they're making the the tag holders take the class the class again it's it's okay. mandatory again yep that's good so. it's a tough it's a tall ask though because it's not an opportunistic animal so it's like yeah mm-hmm. it's it's a tough ask to get people to buy into learning about it right they got their once in a lifetime tag and they it's just like, want to maybe go out and just get a sheep. Like they it, might not really care about the age and don't understand well, that's going to matter to pay attention. And it's to the also age. a known thing. Like it takes a long time to draw a sheep tag. Yeah, you can get lucky like yeah. I did, and it happens. But that's definitely like the exception to the rule. I mean, mo- for the most part, everybody knows you're going to be like well into your older age by the time you get a sheep tag. If not, all those guys can yeah. go. Not all those guys it, can spend know. the time. Not all yeah. those guys can, you know. Yeah, and it's but, like, and it's your once in a lifetime tag. It's like your chance to kill a desert sheep. You're gonna kill. Yeah, you don't want to. Are risk. you wanting to, the the kill part of it? Or are you wanting the hunt side of it? Yeah, that's. Uh, yes. I think it's up to the individual, and I don't yeah. fault anybody for whatever their <clears throat> choice. My choice would True. be the hunt, but I am very capable of doing what I would need to do to enjoy the hunt. Not everybody is in that situation, right? Yeah. So it's like they want to kill, like. You know, they define success as killing. I do not. Mm. I define it as loving it enough that I can't wait to do it again. Like that's success in my <laughs> definition. Um, but it's a tall ask to get people to buy into that with sheep. It's yeah. really tough. Mm-hmm. Now, what you could do is make a legal ram requirement. Like a lot of the up north states got to break the bridge in the nose, which is very tough with deserts. Yeah, you got to do, do this, got to do that. Not everybody's mm-hmm. going to know how to age sheep. We that's used kind to of have a learned skill. It was uh, seven years old or over 144, I believe is what it used to be. Yeah. That was like in the... I want to say mid to early nineties. I can't huh. remember when wow. they got rid of it, but you're, that's, you're asking a lot there for yeah. guys that don't know sheep to try to say, well, I think he's over seven. And, you're and then, then it becomes a really scary thought in your head too. Like what happens if I kill someone that's younger yeah. or mm-hmm. doesn't meet that? What kind of repercussions? And you're essentially yeah. forcing a lot of them to go guided, which maybe some people don't, which yeah. right. Another, you get yeah. into an argument there too. It's think like, if you draw a sheep tag after age class die off too, like we had, like, I mean, yeah. we were struggling to find a seven year old ramp. Oh, it was tough. Like really, twenty yeah. days in that unit, hunting huh. between what? three hunts that we had in there, and man, was it hard to find a, a just a good ram or an old ram? 
Wow. I wonder, too, people are killing really quickly. Are they doing a lot of pre-scouting then? And they actually know their RAM, or is it still just... <laughs> there was nobody else scouting. We didn't no. see anybody scouting yeah. this year. This year, we didn't see no cameras. I mean, well, very, very little cameras. What's our rules again? August 1st, they got to be pulled? Yes. Yeah. And when can you put uh, them back out? January 1st. After, the, I think, the last big game season, you can start them. You can start them out again? Yeah. So you guys oh, are running yeah, cameras. They, they changed that this year for... It was January 1st, but, but now... RAM, probably. That's won't. another season. I don't know. We don't put them until it's hot. Yeah. June, until it gets hot. Earliest is June. Yeah, so you guys are running them June through August 1st. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. we, we've we learned that you you, just, you have to glass. Glass, we found yeah. a lot of rams that we don't even have on. You have to be out there glassing. You're going to miss yeah. sheep. Yeah, so when I was talking Flip. about strategy, that's what, like, so you guys are you guys are relying on glass mm -hmm. primarily. Yeah. Yeah. And getting lucky through a trail cam pick somehow. Yeah. yeah. We exactly. do find, I mean, a lot of rams on camera too, but there yeah. are... Especially years like this last year. We killed year, we two rams that we found that were never on, on camera. camera. Or no, on camera, even with heritage tag. Yeah, we've killed two rams with a heritage tag that we found on camera first. first. Yeah. Everything else we've glassed up first. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah. And they're looking for other rams and like, well, where'd that ram come from? He's yeah. a giant, you know. And That'll do. Does that happen a lot? <laughs> yeah, like, you're in an area and all of a sudden it's a slob just shows up. When the rut hits, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They travel far. Like, yeah. I mean, really far. It's really cool. That's the cool thing about sheep is you never know what's going to, you know, when that rut hits and it's real, you know, it gets going and you don't know what's going to show up. I mean, I get the allure to it for sure. It's just as a hunter, like, you know, yeah. it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> it's sad what? to say. I want to get into some juicy topics. Uh-oh. So well, I was going to ask one question. So we're obviously in the desert. You guys are like the desert professionals being with sheep so much. Would you guys attribute like our droughts the same way a hard winter would hit Wyoming or Montana? Like how they have winter kill? You guys are saying we have summer kill, so it's kind of one and the same there. Not until these last three years. Not until these last three years okay. at all. So no, before we that, you really weren't seeing much until this drought. No, nope. big, no, big droughts. Not no. I mean, these are huge droughts that we just got through. I mean, like, yeah, look, record breaking droughts. Look yeah, at like look so, at like me and what they're finding down so there. So was and, uh, uh, what was it? Sixteen through twenty. Was that what the, were those the years that it was really bad? No, seventeen through twenty. I would say eighteen, nineteen, eighteen was like the first like kind of okay. We're we need to check stuff up, and then the drought like was kind of there, and then nineteen, twenty, twenty one was nineteen. Bad. We had that like two hundred something days with not a, yeah no rain. okay that's okay. when it yeah really that was hit. that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, hmm. that was that's the year that Lake Mead got crushed. Yeah, and then we did the mandatory only water one day a week in the winter. Like mm -hmm. Vegas did, right? Yeah, that's what we were. We're yeah, the okay. only state that did that, but yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else can do as well. <laughs> yeah, everyone else can do whatever they want, but yeah, everyone can, especially California, do whatever you want. Wash your truck nine times in a day, yeah. but yeah, we can only water, which I don't really give a shit, but no, it's it's smart it's, for us. It's everyone great for us, but why, along. yeah, why doesn't anybody else buy into this this whole thing? That, that's why us? I save water by not showering too often. I don't know I'm if that's smart. I don't know. If <laughs> I, I do the same with my teeth. I only brush my teeth once a yeah, month, whether I need it or not. You know? <laughs> Liver King style, man. Oh God, love it. That fucking guy. Um, <laughs> that guy. I I gave him a shout out on the last. Yeah, we've been talking about him a lot lately. I was. I gave him a shout out on the last one. We were talking about like genetically enhanced animals. Yeah. It's like, man, if, if, you, if you can look at Liver King when he was saying he was natural, if you can look at him and not and and not think he's lying. It's the same thing with animals. Like, if you shoot an animal and you try to tell me it's not genetically enhanced, it's like, bro, really? Yeah. Like, come yeah. on now. That guy lost my respect when he was chasing sheep through Valley oh, Fire State horrible. Park. If I would have seen oh, that, horrible. you would have seen I was Blake so pissed. I didn't see on that. Liver King Live. I was so pissed. <laughs> making haymakers, dude. Totally agree. Stressing it, it, those animals out. Yeah, During stressing our drought, them out. Chasing them off the guzzler. The yeah. fact of an Instagram, which 
Instagram has social media in general, which is why I'm not on it anymore, has ruined everything. But that's like a great example, man. It's like all for the moment. Now imagine like some of these hunters that do some shit just for the moment. It's just crazy. Anyways, what were you going to get into? I wanted to ask that question about like winter, summer kill, right? Because I mean, it's a, it's a real, it's a real thing for us down here, which these last two years, knock on wood, you know, like the last two years have been good. And now it's really concerning too, what's happening, you know, Wyoming, Idaho, well, they're feeding in northern Utah. Utah's in the supplemental feeding. feeding. In, in Wyoming. Or are they feeding in Wyoming or are they uh, talking about feeding? I think they're talking about it. I know Idaho is talking about right now that they don't need to quite yet. And there's reasons they have a, you know, you don't have to and it's not good. And, but yeah, they're, it's concerning. It is to come off drought years and then to go into that. It's a weird, mm-hmm. it's a weird stuff going on. So the first juicy one I wanted to ask, since you guys are out there all the time, sheep hunting, Nevada, we have these U hunts. Mm. <laughs> yeah we've been we've been like just kind of easing the grease here just trying to get to, yeah well, i'm trying to, trying I'm trying to get, get the conversation, conversation going a little yeah. bit until we get into here so what you is, guys have been nice and calm so far and soft yeah and you guys can just just lay, lay it out for me what is your opinion on nevada specifically having these u hunts what do we you think it's have doing two different opinions on that okay i usually win because i i can manhandle colby pretty easy okay. um we, you guys have to do it right now. You totally right now. can. You guys yeah. are sitting close enough to me. Um, you want to go first or you want me to go first? Go ahead. I believe they are a necessity in certain units, okay. in certain areas, and they need to be pinpointed. What about certain years? Uh, or do you think that's it's too much, too much? That's too much resource they're going to have to pull to get that data get that to data, make yeah. that a thing. Yeah. In my, like, that's how I see that. Yeah. Um, so you may be worried about like... If it's a drought, overpopulation, they're going to die off, or diseases, or like, what's your... Yeah. Well, obviously, numbers is the main reason we're having those, because we have an overpopulation. But what we're seeing, and I'll say the units directly, in the muddies, we have an overpopulation, like, we not an overpopulation, but we have a high population of sheep in there. Yep. In certain areas. In other areas where we had these die-offs, like, they, I mean they don't have but 10 ewes mm-hmm. and P- I, i've seen people hunting over there for use i'm like and I've, i actually went and talked to him i was like dude we are this is i explained everything to him i showed him pictures i said hey don't hunt over here there is we have zero population issues over here now over on this ridge or this area they are drinking that guzzler dry so it could be a, a maybe smaller units you're saying yeah. to separate out the herds or yeah just like where we have our problems of Guzzlers going dry, yep. food resources going yep. thin. Hmm. Make it pinpoint it. Yep. Pinpoint that hunt for that. It, it, like a like you do a, a depth tag. Like that would be more beneficial for the herd yep. to do it like that. And the other argument people say is instead of hunting them, why can't we transplant? Because it's seven thousand dollars to transplant a sheep. I was That's I want I was I want to get into that, but I want to hear your side, your take. Uh, well. Forever, I was anti you <clears throat> hunting, right? I was, um, you know, we bad. We've I've argued with the biologists and we talked to them all. We, you know, we work <laughs> with the biologists all the time. And, and um, I'm like, look, you know, I, I, I've been against it until we had this drought and we've lost all these sheep. Now I'm like, hey, if we're going to have in the muddies, in the muddies, I can see it. Cause even though, like we said, we were out there 20 plus days during the hunting season and we couldn't find any mature rams, we still seen a lot of sheep. I yeah. mean, there was a crazy amount of sheep in there. Do I think they should give out 82 U tags and 43 Ram tags? No. That's a lot of sheep. 
That's, That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, the, for just for credibility's sake, the reason why we want to get in this stuff with these guys, you, sheep hunters and sheep guides specifically, you guys are extremely close with biologists because it is such a tight knit thing, right? Like you guys, anecdotally, what sheep guides find yeah. is very real to what's going on in the real world. Well, that's a lot harder with deer and elk and some for of the, the species that are more spread out, right? For the sake of conservation. conservation. And she, this is what I'm getting, like the whole cult thing of sheep, this is why it's really cool and why we want to get into this management stuff with you guys. Because sheep guides, specifically the ones that are going after the heritage tag, because you guys spend so much time with a lot of effort and a lot of uh, resource out there, right? Because the hunters are paying for massive amount of resources to find the biggest sheep in the state. This is why the, the heritage tag is interesting in that fact, mm -hmm. right? Like what you guys get to learn about the animals being backed by the hunter who wants to find the biggest ram in the state, you guys get to see a lot of shit yep. and be involved in a lot of stuff and then talk to a biologist about something that's so small, it's easily communicated on what the overall goal should be, right? Because mm -hmm. the resource is so limited. So with you guys, like, with you guys being in that and being so close to the biologist, you guys have had those conversations, right? About you guys, yeah. right? Which I think you should. I think they should. I think more states should, should. use these hunters' guides as Completely management agree. strategies because they're there every day. They see everything real yeah. life, and it's not an extra effort that the state has to put a bunch of money towards. These guys are out there doing it, and that's so sheep. Like I think sheep should be the golden child of of that, right? Like mm -hmm. you guys working with the biologist should be kind of like the golden child for the rest of the species and the yeah. other outfitters to work with him to manage for the best situation possible, which I don't think happens very much, right? Um, but anyways, we'll, we'll get more into all that stuff, but we, that was just for the credibility backing of you guys, you know, and our biologists. I mean, the fact that they, they show us just as much as respect as we show them and they, yeah, they that's what I love good. about they the sheep are culture. Good. I don't know if it's their hands are tied with like some of the things that we suggest or say, or this or that, cause there's a lot of political stuff that like they can't Massive just do. Yeah. 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 Like. Yeah. For instance, like when they started doing the waterflies, mm -hmm. like me and Colby called them. Like, dude, we have we sheep found right the, here. Two years in a row, the first cousins that dried up. We were, were setting cameras. We found he found the very first one in the McCullough's that was really bad. He had he called me. He goes, dude, what do we do? There was a lambs and pawing. We have a problem with lamb surviving anyways because of yeah. pneumonia. <laughs> and they were pawing? yeah, it was she, the, the lamb was pawing at the 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 drinker. And I was like, dude, I'll call Pat. Pat comes is retired, but he was our our main sheep biologist. Yeah. And he was awesome and. And they flew right then. And yeah. then hmm. they didn't stop flying yeah, for see, the that's entire awesome. summer. That's, that's awesome. super cool. That's incredible. <clears throat> yeah. And I love that that like the culture of sheep from that from the outside in, like being in the hunting industry and this culture of sheep is incredible. Canada has it, right, with all their thin horn sheep. We have it with our deserts. It's it's really cool. But to the point of the like politics, right? With why aren't we transplanting sheep? Because this is this is a really interesting thing in my perspective from the outside looking in. So it's uh, the most well-funded species, right? Yeah, yeah. You just overall, you look at the industry of sheep. It's it's the most expensive. It is the highest bids for these tags that go at live auction. It's WSF is one of the best. Has one of the best donation um, recruitment, whatever you call it, recruitments or or uh, what do you call it, like fraternities or whatever, right? Like yeah, all the state-based local sheep foundations the like chapters, uh, yeah. all the chapters they're the best the, the most financed and then brendan burns at kuyu has proven that the sheep fanatics and that the sheep industry culture whatever you want to call it the brotherhood of the sheep they are willing to pay for these transplants and they can do it without 
the government without people yeah. getting in the they way. They did a really, really good job with that conservation direct. They did an amazing thing with that, right? With sheep transplants in the new areas. In new areas, yeah. correct. So the, <clears throat> the transplant is an interesting conversation because like it's been, I think you could raise the money for sheep transplants so easily. Mm-hmm. You could. So instead of doing these you hunts, right? And it's like, Right, you not to not to turn into like a complete trophy hunter mindset here, but we have some amazing genetics for Nelson Rams, yeah. right? Oh yeah, like amazing genetics. Yes. Um, why aren't we using some of our use to transplant some of these genetics to to get sheep on more ranges? Because you guys will probably know better than me, but I know on a on the surface level, Nevada has more desert sheep than all the other states added together. Yeah. And so we alone have more desert sheep than all the other states that have desert sheep. Add them all up together, and we have more. And we yep. give, and I believe we give up more ram tags as well than oh, all the other oh, states yeah. added together. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. So why aren't we? We could fund <clears throat> the sheep transplants and make it more opportunistic. I feel like it's disease. disease. Yeah, that's that the comes into that's that. That's the second. Yeah, the disease. Only, the only units that they'll tell you don't have it is the muddies and, and the blacks. That and we are transplanting to Utah, <clears throat> but they will not. Well, my argument for a while was like, well, if you're going to kill them, I mean, trans, because we know that there's a percentage that survive the disease. And so if you're going to kill them, what, what, what's the difference of killing them or transplanting? Like, so let's take some from the muddies and let's put them in the springs. I mean, let them at least have a chance to have survive. A chance, you know. Yeah. But they said that's like, I don't know. They, they had, they said they can't do that. Yeah. That's there's, one. well, they, you got to talk with a biologist and people that do the studies on that. Because each, so I, I ran into on the mountain with these three girls randomly that were doing a sheep study and they were like, they did studies for the, like the, each sickness that the sheep have. So like each herd has their own sickness. Their own thing. Is, I mean. It's all I, a different strain. It's all a different strain. And it's like the coronavirus. <clears throat> exactly. <laughs> like so. now we're gonna get flagged and yeah, no, corona, we're gonna get, get the, the COVID fact check. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like so each so you one species or one herd of sheep might be able to handle this type of uh strand or whatever. Yeah, this this type of uh oh was it ovis pneumonia, ultra plasma two, and then there's like I, I don't know all the nomenclature for each one, but like they you're they, using some big words, man. You sound smart right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm loving this. Uh, Fuck. He's <laughs> built his head up so big. I know. He lost his train of thought. Um, words. Um, <laughs> so they can't they can't put them into each different each different unit because they're yeah. going to have die offs that they, like say this herd can handle that, but this one no. So they need like if they did have the funding, if they did the science behind it and like did all the research to say, hey, like we took muddy sheep and put them in the springs and they would have a 60% survival rate, let's do it. Mm -hmm. But then I see, like you said, springs and I'm like, okay, well, they're going to California next drought. You know, it's like they they leave. They are close And then, you know, I I don't want to give California anything. Um, So. Me either. We, we (laughs) I want to vacation in California. They don't get my money. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But then, so like you, there has to be research behind it, but I'm all, I would be all for that. And I think you mm-hmm. could fund the research. I really, I, I mean, I think that you would have enough donors to do it. Yeah. yeah. I think if, sometimes too, the hard side is then you have the political side like we're talking about. So you have these people who might, their whole, whole livelihood might be running domestic sheep in some of these mountain ranges. So yeah, then you yeah, have to have the conversation to talk to them be like, Hey, if we're going to reintroduce sheep, you're basically going to have to try to cut their business away from yeah, them, which luck. also comes into, is that something yeah. that should be allowed? Like that's a, 
big barrier to yep. someone's livelihood yep. to put the sheep in there it's, and they have to understand that it's tough and another one it, it, it is yeah it is not as simple as i am making it to sound yeah. my the simplicity in what i'm saying is i think you could get the brotherhood to fund it i think the 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 sheep have a deep enough uh, culture and resource to it that they could do it. Mm -hmm. I think they could. You pull first it have off. to start off to see who would want that. Yeah. I mean, there's people that love the U hunt. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. there's people really? that are all about mm -hmm. it. They put in for it every time they can. Why do like, they got to take your points for the U? If they're really trying to kill them, though, like why do they got to take your points for it? You got to burn your Thank points. Thank God. The, like, <laughs> well, well, here's. I mean, yeah, it's getting people out of the. It's getting people out of the pool for sure. But like, well, man, well, we. Like, it's crazy that we have a separate points pool now for the U's. Like, I'm a max point holder for you. And that's, I have a very hard, I, I still put in for it every year because I'm like, that's money I'm giving to the state. But yeah. I have a hard time actually putting to the draw. I put in for it. I just build points. I'm a max point Wait, holder and have you were in. against it and now you put in for it? Yeah, because yeah. I'm going to throw that tag in the trash. Ah, you're one of the <laughs> oh, PETA yeah. guys saving for the one, grizzly tags. I'm saving one you'd know. I, you're a PETA guy for the grizzly tags. Oh, okay. All the PETA people p applied for the grizzlies. So really? They, yeah, oh yeah. yeah that was so the thing so when they too. opened up the grizz tag, it was flooded with applicants and it was a bunch of PETA people. So that if they drew it, they would just throw the tag in the trash. Yeah. You're one of those guys. Only for the U. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about this then, too? So, guy draws a U tag, doesn't really know about sheep, goes out there hunting sheep. Do you think there is potential for for young rams every to be harvested because they do look very similar? The lamb rams? It yeah. happens every year. Every year. Lamb I mean, rams so are. That's also, that's also the issue of having these U hunts, too. That, that I think needs to be discussed the maybe more. The first year of that U hunt, or the second year of the U hunt, we came across like three. Just, just left. Let someone walks gonna, up to them, they're not yeah, going yeah, to turn themselves make, in. And that's a kind of, it's another sketchy area because like if some guy goes and tells himself, he's getting a fine. Oh, yeah. And he's getting it taken away. So now we have two or three dead rams. Yeah. Those are the ones we found hiking through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now. And they're probably still taking you after facts. They're taking well, multiple, multiple sheep. Yeah. Like, the lamb yeah. rams are identical to use. Yeah, they're they very close. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. obviously, like a seasoned, we would be able to tell the difference. But like, I mean, when you're drawing a U tag because you don't care about yeah. points, and, I, I don't know. Yeah, and you're looking not at them, you're, like, not, you're not checking out the hunter. backside to see if those, you know, yeah. big little yeah. nuts, nuts are hanging, hanging down. But yeah, yep. um, <clears throat> it is interesting, though. It's like the so do they do they do the class for the U tags in? Uh, they they, they had an online class. Oh, yeah. They don't have online now. I mean. Uh, I don't know if it's meant. It probably is. I, I couldn't tell you on the U. Yeah, I don't. Like I said, I haven't really looked into it because I've no. never actually been one to put into the draw. I just build points. I don't know. It's a U tag. Yeah, that's a tough one for me. Do you apply for U? No, I don't agree with the U hunt. I I don't I agree for, for all the reasons purpose, we discussed. But I don't reason. apply for it. I I feel like you should exercise every opportunity out there before you were to do something like that on a resource that is so finite already. Mm -hmm. So, and I, and I think if you turned it over to the private side, they would do it. And I, and this is one of those things where, yeah, it's managed by the public sector and the state fishing game that? and all that stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I feel like there is a way, I, I feel like if there's the opportunity, we should, we should see it through. So like sheep are one of those things where I think you'd get a lot of people that believe in, you know, look, it's no, it is no secret that the sheep guys that are buying these tags are like wealthy beyond many generations. You could, I mean, it's insane. They're doing all right. And yeah. they're very good philanthropists, right? Like every, that's a, you know, wealthy people get a really bad rap on, you know, the, the 1% not paying taxes. Oh, that is all such bullshit. 
they're, they're the best philanthropists on planet earth. And when their passion is hunting, let's, let's use it. Let's tap into it. Like WSF has that great take one, leave one program. Like for every sheep you kill, you donate to, to transplant sheep in the WSF. I don't, I'm not sure exactly how it works, yep. but it's the take it one, is. leave yep, one program. One, and it's, and it's awesome. Yeah. Like the, I think if you turned it over to a private, like what Kuyu did with that conservation direct, like I really feel like there is an opportunity there to make sheep more known, to educate more people on, to do these major transplants. Like there's got to be, I get the diseases and all, and all that stuff. There's got to be mountain ranges that are habitable and oh, with no sheep on them. So let's yeah. just take them and put them on there. Mm-hmm. Then you don't have to worry about die-offs and yeah. you don't have to worry about transitioning diseases and all that stuff. There's got to, there's, I mean, I know there are places like that and I'm not even a sheep guide. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is. I just, I feel like you should exhaust for, for something that is so finite in resource already. Mm-hmm. Like what, what are we doing? Yeah. yeah. And the other side of it too, like someone could realize that, well, I'm never going to draw a Ram tag in Nevada. Never. Yeah. But now we have this U opportunity. So now I do get an opportunity to go out there to chase sheep, to see sheep. Maybe they'll take one, but hopefully while they're doing that, they might get excited about the conservation side. Be like, well, I'm never going to draw a Ram tag. I took a sheep. So now I want to go help out in these Gelser projects. I want to start doing other things now yeah. to benefit it. And they got that sheep experience that they're looking for, mm-hmm. but now find another way to give back so other people can have that same opportunity. Yeah, yeah it's 19000 to build the Guzzler in Nevada, right? Like that's, I think mm-hmm. you could easily get some funds to build quite a few water catchment systems on a mountain range. Another, you know, 100, 250 grand in donations for the actual science of the transplant. So that we're not, I mean, you're not talking like tens of millions here. No, no, no. that's my point of this. Like it is, it's proof. There's a proven model there yep. Yeah. that Kuyu and Brendan Burns, like, I mean, they validated the model. There's no question. Yep. Why can't we do that on a bigger scale? Well, I mean, we could, you just got to get the people to like who the people in charge have to say, okay, the public the sector has to allow for the, pri- the <clears throat> privatization of it. I mean, essentially, right. That's the politics side. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that would ever happen in Nevada? It should. I don't see why. I, I mean, it definitely should. I don't see why not. I mean, I get the disease thing. I, again, I'm not making like the overall, I'm not trying to simplify how variable the overall experiment would be. I'm not trying to simplify that. I'm only simplifying the fact that you would have the funds outside yeah. of yeah. the public sector. You would ha- you have the funds. They're mm-hmm. there. Yeah. There's got to be a way to, you can set up another way to gather funds, like maybe make some other people who are going you know, over to Lake Mead area recreating to pay some more fees or well, different that's things. A whole other, that's a whole other. Yeah. Area. But to get more public involved, like that. So they're supportive of it. Yeah. Cause they might not ever see sheep, but they might want to. And it's like, yeah. well, if you can start doing something that they can start giving money into to help you overall. One scary thing about sheep, like especially desert rams is the traveling that they do. I mean, for the road, that's a good point. It's that's terrifying. Point. Like you put a, I don't know, you put a ram on a mountain range and you may, may think it's far from like another herd, but it isn't for them. I mean, it's crazy what they the traveling that they do. Yeah, you're, I remember a couple of seventeen miles. I remember a couple of the statewides that have been killed in the past moved like three or four units yeah. over. Which is a miracle that the muddies just doesn't have the disease in it. Yeah. yeah. Especially with like Wogandale right there. And yep. everybody has their little farms and their yep. goats and sheep in there. Well, that is a that's a really good they point. They could have it, they're just immune to it and they're not <clears throat> showing it. Yeah, they could be too. Yeah, they could just be passed. Yeah, past that. Yeah, which would be awesome. They could be uh, definitely spread it, them out. But. Non-symptomatic for the COVID. Yeah, my fact checks here. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's like, Shmoke. and that's a that's a good point to the variable in what the experiment would be. But like, man, there's when there's a will we, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, and yeah. it's such a, I mean, it's such a good resource. Like, yeah. why not try it? 
And the whole thing with like, with, you know, female species hunting, like, I feel like that's your last ditch thing. Yeah. Like it should be your last yeah. ditch effort, you know, mm-hmm. to just start trying to manage herd populations because of overforaging or because of, you know, drought. not enough water, drought, whatever it is. Yeah. It should be last resource. That should be last ditch effort. Who, who would you go to, to pitch that idea to actually get it in the works? We have a really good governor as of like two weeks ago. Yeah, True. I don't know. That's, I mean, that's where my mind goes. I don't know. He's a great guy. He's a hunter. He's a sheriff. Was the sheriff. Like, hmm. I don't know. That's just where my mind goes. I have no clue though. I mean, I'm not, I'm not in that world. Who um, is in that world that you would contact? There's got to be, there's got to be I mean, we've had, a, I mean, we got contact with a lot of people that have a lot of passion about preserving sheep and it's just, it always seems like they get dead ended when they come with ideas or this or that. Like that's the politics of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and especially and our last governor. How do you work past the dead end, dead ending of like g- g- good, solid ideas? A good governor is the start. I think maybe go to your commission meetings too. Commission. Yeah. It, but the governor is, is, is at the yeah. end of the day, over the top of, over all, the of, top of all of it. And our last governor was, you know, mm-hmm. a dumpster. <laughs> So like it, it, it takes a good person is the first thing. And a lot of these states, you know, don't, they don't like, I was listening to a podcast, how New Jersey, their, their governor as of two years ago or four years ago, whenever it was, I can't remember the exact dates ran on the back of shutting down the bear hunt where New Jersey has more black bears per capita than any other state in the U S <laughs> ran and won the governorship on that because a lot of the, you know, yeah. the libs who are very you know, detached and untethered from the realities of the world don't understand that like the rural communities are living with your, your shit that you don't want to pay attention to (laughs) two years into his governorship had to reinstate the bear tax because they, they were already overpopulated to a massive amount, right? Like there's not a lot of ton of bear hunters out there. And when the number, it's like whitetail, right? That you really, this is my point about female hunts. Whitetail is a great example. Like when you get to, you got to kill, can't remember what state it is. You have to kill like two or three does before you can even get your buck tag. Yeah, I believe that was like Wisconsin that. back yeah. in the day. So yeah. like that is that is in my opinion when you start turning to like female management, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I mean it's just like the predators. You kill one coyote, you kill eleven coyotes if it's female, right? Yeah. And cats, you kill one female cat, you kill six cubs. So like you're killing seven instead of one, right? It's that whole math model when in the predator side yeah. of things. Yeah. Same thing, in my opinion, I could be very wrong and everyone thinks I'm an idiot, which happens a lot. But, uh, I mean, if you start killing females, it's not the one. You're you're starting to add up yeah, yeah. more than just the one. I mean, she, yeah, she's got, a, she's got a couple years that she's going to be yeah, exactly. fertile and dropping. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, with this bear thing, they had to reinstate the, the bear tags two years into his governorship. And not only that, they had to, like, almost double the amount of bear tags <laughs> previous to his governorship. It's unbelievable, like... This is, it's good leadership is where it starts. Yeah. And the problem is, is the, you know, the cities is what, is what's choosing it's the leadership. Yeah. Never yeah. underestimate the power of stupid people in large numbers. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Jeez, you're full of good ones today. Full of good ones. And this is what we were talking about walking in here. Like we were talking about two brands that we don't, we no longer spend our money with. Yeah. And one of them is against hunting specifically. And the other one is doing some very stupid stuff outside of hunting and, yeah. and my point was if you're that stupid you're going to be stupid on everything i don't mm-hmm. want to support you you're solid stupid yeah right like, stupid like if this is what you guys are supporting and doing like i, I yeah. can't be whether it's hunting or not it's just the level of stupidity shown yeah. anyways so 
like it starts with good leadership and I feel like we have a good governor now to be able to at least have the conversations to not get dead ended. Well, let's make this podcast go real good and we can just submit it to him and see what he thinks. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Listening to a bunch of idiots talk about stuff <laughs> that they have no idea what they're talking about. I'm smart. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I, I don't know. That's yeah, that sounds amazing. Like I would be all for that. I'm sure you would be. I think yeah. every sheep hunter would be like, yes. I think yes, every hunter 100%. would be. If you tell them their odds, right? Like everybody's likes to know data. Like if you tell mm -hmm. them their odds double their chances of getting a sheep tag in the next 10 years. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. granted, doubling from a half a percent to a full percent isn't that big of a deal, no. but still it's double. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, there has to be some good science behind it. I'd be so worried about taking sheep from one unit to another and then just being like, where the F am I? Or just like not being able to handle. I mean, cause like there's cold mountain sheep, like, you know, northern yeah. sheep are, it's cold. Mm -hmm. They're used to that. I mean, you can't take a, I don't think you can take a Muddy's Ram and put them on Troy mountain. He'd be like, he'd be pissed. He'd be, he'd be well fed. Yeah. Yeah. But he'd be like, what is going on? Yeah. I can't remember the exact details of it, but I saw, I can't remember if we covered this news report, but there was some bear that they relocated from one state to like a couple states over. Yeah. And he and found his way back. Found his way back. Yeah. He even got hit by a car once too. Mm -hmm. It's like, Jesus. traveled in a crazy amount of distance to get right back to where he was before. How do so you have that like, homing beacon? Yeah. I, it's so wild to me. What animals, what animals do. It's like, yeah, I wonder if sheep will do that too, you know? Ducks, like, ducks waterfowl, migratory. That actually might be. We talked to that biologist in the sheep range, I don't know, maybe eight years ago, and they had their they had the lions collared. Oh, yeah. yeah. And one left the sheep range, went up, went through the gorge, hmm. um, went over in Arizona somewhere, <coughs> must have not been able to make it, and tried to hit halfway back, he died. Hmm, really? This is over like a several-month period. Like, he was trying to, you know... Find his, find his own area and he yeah uh, but he went from the sheep range all the way up through the gorge into arizona wow. and then he was coming back and he, he was killed outside of mesquite i believe right yeah something yeah. like that killed? almost in the air killed by another by another lion, lion. oh lion hmm. dang i know right no, those another, damn lions. another lion in the sheep range i lost a big deer in mexico to a lion this year that deer, that deer was giant he's giant. by the way got a vendetta with lions right now because of that <laughs> Adios. Down there specifically. Um, pretty yeah, good. man, it's... What do, you guys, what do you guys think of the uh, the one-horn ram hunt that we implemented this last year? Is that no. going to be a good thing? Oh, yeah. That's I love the, I love so the cool. one-horns. Yeah. And they're, and they're old. So, know, yeah, like just, they're, so basically, they're just rams that a general person who draws a tag is probably not going to want to go after, right? So it's no. just another resource on the resource that yep. no one's going to pass up or everyone's passing up mm -hmm. and it's just there, get yeah. old age. And, and when they get... That when that single horn is really short, I mean, the, when the short horn is really short, they're they're saying they're not fighting or rutting because it hurts them so much to hit heads. Do we know what's causing it? Is it what's it's causing the horn? It yeah. is. Yeah, it's that bot fly they, goes in the okay. larva and um, gets into their core. <clears throat> but it's cool because these rams just, I mean, they're obviously out there. They're not contributing to the herd, but they're drinking water and eat. so it's good to manage those as well because they're just going to die of old age. You know, we just killed one with my girlfriend. She yeah, I saw that. That was pretty sweet. Years old. It was so cool. You know? Yeah, it's awesome. See, yeah. they, like. I'm on a soapbox today about this shit, but like the management, like yeah. killing old animals. Colorado has a terrible three-point genetic taking over, right? Because yeah. Colorado has been such a trophy hunt for so long. I'm talking about mule deer, obviously. <clears throat> um, you know, anybody who draws these trophy tags or these, I shouldn't say trophy tags, but like these premier tags, they're not going to go out there and kill a three-point, mm -hmm. right? Like that, we, yeah. And they're old deer that are taking does that are, right, like spreading that. And that's the genetic that lives on because – you know, most people see a 180 inch four point and they kill it. It's only a four year old deer. You know, he's only yeah. had 
two, one and a half, two cycles of rut activity. Yeah. It's like that ha- management of the genetic is also a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And the one horns, like no one's, if you draw your tag, no, you're not going after a one horn. Unless now, it's a you, mistake. Unless it's a mistake. <laughs> if you gave me the opportunity to only and specifically go find a one horn, that's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. Do you guys see a lot of one horns running yeah. around? Um, four. In, in that unit, there's one, two, three, four, five, six. Found seven good one horn rams. Hmm. But then there was a couple that were small. Yeah. Like young, young. one horn rams. No, they, were, they kept popping up. And then when all the rain hit, uh, we did some like long hikes in there trying to find a, another target ram. And I, I'm like, there's another one I don't even know about, you know? crazy how many 100 i love the management on that kind of stuff three point spike by six in the elk hunt in utah Mm -hmm. any the spike hunt in utah is any spike by whatever as long as just doesn't branch above the year it's like that's awesome i love hunts like that i think we'll have it i think your success rate is going to be really low i think you're going to see the the 100 ram hunt for a couple years i don't i haven't heard of anybody else killing the mccullough's I think it's uh, so awesome to have to go find one specific thing. Yeah, it's tough. It's a it, hunt. Ma- it makes it like yeah, another it's a hunt. hunt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's a part of it's the fun. Yeah, it's like time you, you guys are you guys are looking water. for the one that the wealthy guy wants, mm-hmm. the biggest one in the state. This is the same thing, just in a very different way. Like yeah. you are yeah. looking for one specific thing. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Makes it makes it an actual hunt. It's a really hard time of year to hunt sheep. Yeah. January and February, yeah. so they're mm-hmm. spread out. They could be at the top Super of the peaks to the low rollers. Yeah. So. I love shit like that though. Those true management yeah. tags. They should. I wish they would put more of those in Nevada. Like just different type of managements. Like I'm a huge believer in management tags, <clears throat> and it's proved. Like whitetail is the golden child of that. Right. Like mm-hmm. you look at the genetics at some of these. You get these huge swaths of private land where these landowners are able to manage it the way they want. Yeah. And the genetics they want, and they're killing you know triple the amount of management genetics to their one big buck that they're chasing every year. But all their neighbors and everybody is on the same program. It is it flourishes like literally in a couple of years. Like you can notice the difference. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could do that in other places too, and make more money instead of just giving out more tags, like yeah. more general season yeah, tags, normal yeah. tags, make yeah. management tags. And then yeah. there there's your your you know your meat buck hunter. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Go kill your meat buck. Yeah, but that that might just be too much of a hunt for them, you know. Like, true. Yeah, yeah. They just want to go kill the first two points, like the muddies when it was doing really good, and they just kept giving out every year. Seeing more tags, more tags. Well, what's wrong with a a unit specific heritage tag, like bid tag, like California did? Hmm. I think that's a great. I I I brought that that model too. Utah does it. Yeah, conservation tag for (coughs) one specific unit. Utah does it like crazy for the elk. Yep, specific and deer too, but for the elk, it's like. But that's a way to. I mean, forty three tags is a lot. You take a couple of those and do something like that with and that's yeah. more money towards way more money mm-hmm. yeah. now it gets into the whole taken away from the general public it's a which, percentage they have like kind of yeah yeah but and i and i agree with that like the heritage tag thing and the the governor tag these bid tags it says take away from the from the public there is an argument there but it's a it's a catch-22 fair trade-off right because you know how many more for the price of that heritage tag mm-hmm. how many more general tags that would bleed into that unit and take away from yeah yeah 100 experience you, you like the it's animals a good thing it's a catch 22 and it's what is it two tags for sheep here yeah two tags for deer plus the draw so it's three of each mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's like it's a pretty mm-hmm. fair trade-off it's a lot of bad rap but people just have to really sit down and think about what is going into that when <laughs> people are spending that much money and where that money and how going. many more general tags would have to be offered to make up for the yeah. price that that yeah. wealthy guy is willing to pay yeah it wouldn't work out 
Yeah, the, the math doesn't work. No, it's a, it's that, a very fair trade. Without that money, and they put a, they took from that money and put it in the fund, we would have lost like a lot of our sheep because that's what funded those flights. Mm. Funded all of it. Oh yeah, those emergency yeah. flights. They're they're specific to the species that's bid on. So we, I mean, it funds all of it. We were hunting. We hunted the heritage tag last year, in the unit that we were hunting in. While we're looking for the ram <laughs> with the client, I found a guzzler dry, and I'm like, oh. I have, I called it in immediately, but I'm like, now they're gonna be here flying with a helicopter. We're trying to find this ram. Yeah, they're yeah. gonna be running. So, um, literally, they worked with us really good. They came in, they did it. They, they actually worked their flight plan around us. They tried to, because obviously his money's going towards that. And then yeah. they, they specifically told me, hey, thank him for allowing us to do this. That's he's, really cool. He's funding this, and they flew all the way around and came in opposite direction. And it, yeah, so yeah. think about his money just funded how many sheep living off that mm-hmm. drinker. It, it's a to catch 22, but I'm a big believer. Once you understand the finances and how it all works, huge believer in them. Yeah. Yep. Massive believer. Should we jump into another hot topic? Yeah. <clears throat> I think you know which one I'm going on now. Uh-oh. What one? Feral horses. Oh. You said it right. I know. <laughs> the, other, the other day when I was like oh. briefing, I'm like, hey, let's talk, let's talk about like State of the Union address in Nevada. And I said, yeah. uh, I made a mistake and said wild, wild horses. horses. Yeah. yeah. We, have, we have definitely have to make that distinction. What? They are not wild horses. Yes. Yeah. No. There's no Feral. such thing as American wild horses anymore. No. Well, even before they were imported. But uh, is that, is that like term that everyone just loves to use because it's so like teddy bearish? Majestic, like, majestic, yeah. They are not yeah. native to the U.S. Yeah. The horses we have now are not. Yeah. No. Native. There was a prehistoric, but that doesn't matter. It's the like, ones we have like now are all brought in, especially <laughs> yeah. and the donkeys. They're, yeah. Especially yeah. for our sheep, they're just as bad. Yeah. So what what do you guys see out there then in terms of you know feral horses and burrows and the destruction and there's too many. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't, we don't say. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's something that like in, in like these last three years, like we're talking about the, the drought was so bad and the feed was so bad. Well, it's something that our wild animals that are fighting that, that they're taking their feed, you know. Yeah. So it's something they're competing with. We don't. It's strange they don't touch the guzzlers. Don't touch the guzzlers. If they did, if a, if a horse started hitting guzzlers, they're draining them. Yeah, like we're yeah. screwed. They well, can fence them. They'll hit springs though. They I've do hit springs. seen donkeys empty springs. I've seen in one of our units we have cattle, and they they're wild. Or feral cow. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I know. Let's use the Burbage. term properly. Yeah. yeah. Words. Yeah. Words <laughs> matter. Feral cattle. And I mean, we've I showed you pictures of that. Like that, sheep those and tough. deer hit that area. And I mean, there's pictures of like deer trying to get through Pass the cow. Them. Yeah. It's like that's not gonna work. Yeah. Hundred pound deer and a Are we allowed 50. to kill those cattle? No. Yeah, actually, you can all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Everyone no, should go do no, it. you can't. Uh, no, they're, they're now managed by the Department of Agriculture, right? <clears throat> they're ag, yeah. yeah. It's so crazy that uh, they get taken over and managed like that. And it- and that, yeah. that unit, they've taken a lot of water sources from sheep and deer. Yeah. Yeah. But they have. Because yeah, you guys see that heavily probably on the deer side, right? And with some of your deer places, like yeah, yeah. just yeah. overrun with. And the horses, I, know I mean. Two, three spots, there's cattle that and sheep and deer yeah. will hit that water source pre pre go hunt when i first graduated college and came home i was hunting a central nevada unit really hard i spent 45 days scouting before i hunted i had a big deer on a water source 
and lost them because a the horse is moving in. Hmm. Yeah, do you remember that one year we were out hunting? We put some trail cameras yeah. out. Mm-hmm. We had literally, what was it? That was the same area I was chasing. Yeah, we had and I was just seeing what was bad. 30 to 50 horses on one oh, yeah. trail cam yeah. photo. And they won't leave the water. No, no. they stayed there the whole a, time. Yeah. A, They'll chase up off. Yeah. I had a big deer on trail camera. <clears throat> and this is back before you had to pull them. And, you know, I was full of energy back then when I was younger, <laughs> no kids. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the second those de- those horses came in, that deer never came back. Yeah. I don't know where the hell it came from. I mean, obviously, they're everywhere, but, like, no horses, no horses. Deer was showing up every day, every other day kind of a thing. And then the second a horse showed up, he never showed back. Yeah, I remember, sit, found I remember sitting on a glassing knob looking out, and I was like, oh, I got something moving through the trees. No nope. horse. Fair horse. Yeah. Oh, something else moving through the trees. Fair horse. And it was like yeah. just a metric ton of them yeah. came out of those trees. What's – I don't know what the answer – well, the horses I, yeah, are What so is our answer? 2250. Yeah. <laughs> the horses are so protected. That's why the cattle, the cattle being protected too is really interesting, but like, I don't know. It's really interesting. Why, why are pigs feral and you can take those out? You, you know? can't. Yeah. They're apartment back too. Well, I'm talking Texas and you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Some of these other because states. Because it became such a nuisance and. Well, I what mean, do you think is happening here? Texas yeah. is more private than, than here. public. Yeah. So like. That's it, why. Yeah. That's. They're would getting, be my guess. Yeah, I I, I think <clears throat> I think like like say our gear herds are so are so rough. I think that while horses are part, I mean, there's so many things I think attributing to that. I mean, the list against our gear herd that, that that's oh, bad. It's incredible. But I mean, it's I think wild horses are part of it. Yeah. Wildly compounding. Yeah, and some of those horses aren't the prettiest looking horses. Like if these people are thinking know, like, oh, feral. these are big majestic ones. These oh. are hip sunken in yeah. looking kind of well, go walk through uh, the oh, desert and go yeah. walk through the desert in 231 and you'll find 10 dead and you'll find 25 well on their way to dying in the next couple of weeks yeah. i mean you're the muddies right now there's a wild horse herd in the muddies so crazy and yeah they're oh, they look you go there in the summer they're rough <clears throat> people oh, are just dumping so bales of hay on north shore road to feed them what? so now they're on the road yeah if you ever see that cars. take pictures and send that in mm-hmm. because baiting <laughs> I mean, I've hit a cow once and it's not fun. I don't want to hit a horse. Yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> like, yeah. I'd be upset. And isn't, oh. isn't it too? To, haven't I heard? Was it maybe you, Cody? Uh, you get more, there's more fine if you accidentally kill a feral horse than if you kill a, a desert bighorn in the state. It's like a higher fine. Uh, I'm sure. You, you have better chance getting off of the murder charge yeah, with a human a than a horse. <laughs> <laughs> it's felony. Yeah, I'm not sure what the uh, the solution is here, what we can do, but it's people don't realize until you come to a state like Nevada and get out there and start actually putting glass up and seeing how many horses there are. And seeing what they do to our water sources. I mean, I'll take anybody wants to go, I'll take you to a water source right now and I'll show you how stomped out it is. And it used to be amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's not just these low desert desert areas either. I've seen some places in central Nevada, they're up high elevation. Yeah, 10,000 foot. Are we backpack deer hunt? They're at those peaks now and yeah. they're all over up there now so crazy and there's not very many deer up there and we were we were seeing basins full of deer now we're seeing those basins with no deer and horses and there's feral cows up there as well that mm-hmm. kind of get left you know but yeah so it's un- unbelievable and like what are, what are we what are you supposed to do now that they're out there and you can't do anything about them and then it's just like okay well they're not native Mm-mm. like yeah. what 
this whole talk about rewilding the U.S. and you know reestablishing the bison herds and mm-hmm. you know they're putting woolly mammoths back in Siberia. Yeah, you, you guys hear about how they're the trying to rewild because of the carbon <laughs> emissions from the ground because it's thawing out and the woolly mammoths help keep it cold. All this stuff. Like, what about rewilding here too? Mm-hmm. Like by taking out the invasive species first. Yep. Like, isn't that where you should start? It's exactly. Isn't it. that where you should start with rewilding? That's what I would think. Mm-hmm. So I just pulled up an old article. <laughs> we have to take a bathroom break. Keep the okay. conversation going. So I just pulled up an old article I wrote in 2016 for Go Hunt. Wild horse and burrow populations in East, each Western state as of March 1st, 2015. So this is obviously an outdated article. One. So here's the, here's the stats on Nevada. Nevada, burrow horses, 27,599. Burroughs, 2,611. Total, 30,210. And in total across these, what is this, 13 some states, there's 58,150 wild horses and burrows. And look at that Nevada population. And suppose our max AML is 12,811. So AML is allotted amount. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Allotted managed amount, right? Yep. So Nevada's population. <clears throat> 27,599 as of March 1st, 2015, which that number is probably crazy high. And those are computer-generated model numbers. Those aren't actual numbers. Mm -hmm. Now, to give people an idea on how those work, I mean, we were told in Las Vegas Sheep Range that there was three lions Mm -hmm. for the entire range. Mm -hmm. We had a camera... A picture four. with four lions in the same picture on the same spring. Yeah, so they're all computer modeled and not exactly. Yeah. They're not true. Yeah, I mean they're cl- they could be close, but they're not exact. And what's also crazy too, because right below that I have a graphic that shows like from 1996 all the way to 2015. This is all data collected from BLM, and you'll see a skyrocket point where it just goes whoosh, straight up, starting at 2012. So from 2012 on, our numbers are exponentially growing for these wild feral horses and burrows across the West. Yep. And if people want to look at this article, it's the colossal, colossal backlash of wild horses on wildlife. That's the title of the article. Yeah. On Go Hunt. So <laughs> I lived in Cold Creek. You familiar with Cold yep. Creek? And when you guys sent that email, that article to me, uh, at that point in time, I was pretty new to Cold Creek and I was <laughs> on this giant email thread. It's like 200 something people. There's not that many people there, but like, and I just forwarded it to the whole thing. And I was kicked off. Cold that, Creek and is a like, horse loving community. It's all horse lovers. And I was just, nah, I was the out. He got that the was boot. the scum of the community after that. Yeah. And in the same article, too. So I was trying to correlate. So, yes, they're going to have an impact on native, I want to emphasize native wildlife. Mm-hmm. So I have a graphic in here. And of course, this is updated again. I have the other updated one here. But Nevada mule deer population estimate from 1988 to 2015. In 1988, can you guess how many mule deer population Nevada had? I would have no clue. 240,000 estimated mule deer population. In 2015, that population was now down to 99,000. And that number is actually at about as of, where was this at? Let me scroll down here and pull this up. It's harvest. So the latest one I pulled up was 2018. That number is now at 92,000. <coughs> So we went from 240 to 92,000 mule deer. Was there a spike? It's all been, it's all been going down. And was start, there a decrease spike around 2012? Like, is there a correlation? No, there's not a direct correlation there, which I thought there would be. The It's basically went to an extreme low in 1994. 
And since then, since then, it's been going up and down. But we basically went in, since 1988, 240, to 1994, 115. In that short amount of time, too. And now it's steadily still going down. Mm-hmm. What's that, what were the full causes? Like, there's a lot of, like I said, compounding factors. Oh, yeah. We have mm-hmm. drought, you know, maybe a little more tags than we should be some years. Mountain lions. Mm-hmm. Feral horses. Yeah, but every, all the other species are on the up. That's, That's the crazy the, thing. The elk, the elk. It's like drought would affect them all equally, you would think, right? I think like the bigger animals can travel more ground and get more food coverage. Like like they say elk graze like what, like six miles an hour? Yeah. So like they can cover a lot of country grazing. Right. True. So maybe they can get more food. And same with horses, same pretty much same mm-hmm. size animal. Yeah, I don't it's just it's always been confusing <clears throat> to me that all the other animals are on the up but mule deer are not. Yeah. Like what is that compounding factor that's affecting them more? I think it's human expansion. Yeah. They don't, they don't do, they well. do not do well with pressure. pressure. Yeah. But could it be pressure from elk and horses? Yeah. Could it be pressure they from do. hunting? I mean, from what I know about mule deer and the time I've spent hunting them and, and learning about them, all that stuff, they don't like any pressure of any kind, like none. Yeah. They don't no. even like pressure with, from other mule deer. Like if you get too much mule deer in an area, some of those older mature bucks are going to leave. Like they'll just kick it. Yeah. They do not like it. Yeah. State of Nevada. Well, it's a state everywhere for mule deer. It is really exactly. across the whole West. It's, it's crazy to me that no one has like, has done all the different like data for each scenario, like lion predation, coyote predation, drought, yeah. uh, horse, like, you know, introduction to areas and what it's done. Um, <clears throat> elk, antelope nevada doesn't do aerial predator assault anymore do they no i don't think they do i don't think anymore i wonder if there's a correlation when we stopped doing that stop doing that 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 definitely could be something that i think i've heard in other states before yeah i could see that stop when they stop doing that that's like 2012 2013 is when they stopped do we still run government trappers in nevada we we do government trappers yeah government houndsmen they're always around our cabin 13 because uh the the ranchers there they're always trying to keep the lines down that are killing their sheep yeah. Every year they're there. Hmm. What's the outlook look like for you guys this year? What do you think? What do you think the state's going to be like? For the moisture and everything else we got going on. You guys excited? It's going to be the same. Well, after we fr- just got through all that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's going to take a couple years for yeah, it to come back. I'm not. I'm not excited for mule deer. I don't. I don't. I'm not personally going to guide mule deer next year. So that's the thing that I was struggling with last year. So. You know, I've been starting to build back up points. I have a decent amount of points as a resident here in Nevada. And last year, even though it doesn't make sense at all, it goes against all my strategy I talk about all the time. I just bought points for deer in Nevada last year because of what I thought the herd was going to be like. Yeah, like you couldn't have give, given me a deer tag that I would have been really stoked on. Now, don't get me wrong. I think, yeah, the deer numbers are down, but I think there's going to be some really great bucks. Yeah. Not a lot, but there's going to be some giants. There's, yeah, mm-hmm. there's always some stud deer yeah, that get killed. Yeah, like more, I mean, mm-hmm. the last couple of years – the units we hunted, they were really suppressed. But like, I think there's going to be some some great bucks out there. The numbers aren't going to be there, but um, it'll be a great year to draw. Yeah, uh, I think it's a phenomenal year to draw. Yeah, I think and tag numbers. Are I think low, yeah, so especially yourself, more Arizona, less Nevada, there. Utah, New Mexico. Like any yeah. of these those states this year, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a harder hunt. But it's still yeah. there is potential of the big deer. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just good, good, healthy, solid deer. Oh yeah, you know. I think it's a. I think it's going to be a great year for deer. 
specifically. It's been a good, it's the elk have been doing awesome for the last quite a bit. Yeah. I, I, a couple of elk guys I've been talked to are thinking that it's, it's starting to show an effect of like how good it the has elk hunters. Yeah, yeah. It's starting to, I wouldn't be surprised by that. It's been on a run here for yeah, a while. Some of those guys up there have been really killing yeah. it. Do you guys do many elk stuff at all? Nothing? Mm, not maybe one or two. We did like we did one this year. Brady's a huge elk guy. So if you guys need a need some help. Heck yeah. He's turned into yeah. an elk guide. Yeah. You know I can't find mule deer, so then I gotta switch to something else. I think we'll benefit for Sheep. off the off the mule deer this year. It's like in nineteen when we had that great winter. Yeah. Like all the does around like where we hunt all had twins. Like it almost seemed like every doe we had we had, That's had awesome. twins. And I'm hoping we have that this year. And maybe then couple years straight. That'll with, be a nice restock. You know, yeah. My, my worry is about that is like we've seen a lot more lions this year. Mm-hmm. The I last mean, two three years, we've yeah. seen a lot of lions down south. A lot. Do you guys carry? <clears throat> you guys get your two lion tags a year in Nevada? Mm-hmm. We well, you can only buy one at a time. Or one at a time, yeah. 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 But yeah, I always have one in my pocket. Just you ever keep, killed one doing it? No, it's like it, glass and scalp. It's always real one quick. Glassing up, yeah. He killed, and um, we he missed one. You missed one. You're supposed to. You're like a Brady marksman. What happened? Yeah. What's going on there? It was a fast shot, and all I had was a two, two, three. <clears throat> and we had a client with us hunting his deer. Yeah. So like, uh, but the client's like, go. <laughs> really? Yeah. I would have said the same thing. Go. I gotta remember this. Yeah. You seen, missed. What, huh? and, and he had to sprint. It was four thousand yards. He had to it was to, to a spot. <laughs> so I, I look over and I like, see Blake just running through the sagebrush, and I'm like, what are you doing? And then. Just drop down and bow and shoot. And I'm like, oh, he's got to see a lion. And how far was the shot? Uh, like 120 yards. No, shot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like three something. I mean, it was a poke, like, but I was going to give it. Yeah. Give it a go. Yeah. He was looking into like one of our little, like, he was in one of our spots. No, he'd be like, kills, yeah. Yeah. You've no. never killed one, though? Just no, out there? I haven't. No. I never mm. have either. I have the tag on me every year. I've never had the opportunity for a I shot. Know, on that's one. We'll show you. I glass them up every in one year. year. Uh, but <clears throat> things about lions, you glass them up by the time you get your get rifle there, or you turn yeah, away, they're yeah, gone. It's gone. Yeah. That just, one, well, we had a, a guide this year, Hayden. I mean, oh, he with a client. That's, this this cat was bedded at like 230 yards and just like, I'm like, hmm, looking at butterflies. It? He goes, nope. I'm like, why not? Oh, yeah. He just, he, it, his mind, he figured that if he, he said, "If I if I shoot that cat, I'm taking an, an a whole day away from this hunter, yeah. packing it out, and I'm gonna clear all." That. He just his whole mindset was the client comes first, and he didn't want to take away from his hunt because it was already so tough because the deer numbers were down. He figured he's taking a whole day at least from this guy. And he I get that. that. Yeah. So I actually respected. Yeah, that, I respect you know? that. Yeah. I get that. But if I was a client, I'd be like, "Yeah, let's take yeah. this thing out." Yeah. yeah, but you're a different guy. You understand that that yeah, needs true. to die. Yeah, true. the, the it line, was a big cat too. Did you see the video? Mm. Uh, it was the line I took in Idaho this year because that was the same thing. Just glassed it up and shot it. And How far was it? <laughs> seven, a lot further than yours. Set seven oh six. Were you rifle hunting? Yeah, and yeah. He did I had not three hundred rum. Did not hesitate. Didn't even come close. Idaho is that thing where I can you know downgrade my deer tag and shoot a wolf, a bear, or or a mountain lion. So I had the opportunity right yeah. there and I had a tag in my pocket in a sense. So, but I was really surprised though because I was like, well, there's this line. I can shoot it. And it's in my deer spot. So all the deer are already gone anyway, you know? Yep. And after I shot that line, sure, you know, my gun made a lot of noise, but like I did not find deer in a big chunk of area around there. And so it was like, and I was super old lion. So I felt like I did 
that area justice by oh, taking out that old lion. And I know it's hard for a lot of people to, to realize because yes, you're out there deer hunting and you have a little amount of vacation time, but it's also like, when are the odds is you can take a lion, basically oh, yeah. spot and stalk, no dogs. I'm deer hunting yeah. and a lion shows up, it just became a lion hunt. Yeah, no <laughs> question. No question. There's just things that need to be done. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're gonna, if you're out there killing deer, you also need to be out there killing lions when you can too. Same with killing coyotes, coyotes when you can. Yeah. Like that's that's management. Yeah, yeah, it should be. You can't be killing one, not the other. Co- coyotes, I'll let kind of walk. Like if we're glassing and like we're in our, our spot, and coyotes come trotting through, I'll, I'll, it's not gonna get hit. But you're better than me. <clears throat> you're better well, than me. We we got a client that's gonna yeah, look at us why. like, what the f- don't you shoot suppressed? Don't you have a suppressor? Yeah, but it's still. I mean, I mean. You guys have clients. It is different. Yeah. You guys have clients. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they're they're paying you for trying to find a deer. Yeah, yeah. not shoot, not you guys. <laughs> not not, not you guys having fun shooting coyotes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Man, no, I just I feel like if you're out there big game hunting, you got a predator hunt too when you can. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. It's like that's you got to be a killer of all species when you're think, out there. I think I always tell my clients though, like we see a lion. I mean, we both got we both got. Tags in our pocket. Get yeah. to your rifle before I get to mine because yeah. it's fucking dying. <laughs> Do you feel it's the same? going down. <laughs> Do you feel the same way about coyotes? <clears throat> yeah, oh well, yeah. I've had a hard time with the coyote thing because I'm on a deer hunt and I do have that thought rolling in my head. Like if I shoot this coyote right now, I could spook the deer. And there's been a lot of times where I have not shot a coyote. And I think mm-hmm. it's, I need to probably change that because I have an opportunity right there to shoot a coyote and I pass it up because I am deer hunting. I don't know though. Yeah, that fawn survival rate right yeah, there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, with a suppressor, I, I just shoot. Yeah. Mm. Anything else? You, anything else you guys got? <clears throat> how many? How many book rams have you guys killed out in Nevada? Guided. Oh. Like book rams. Um. Like contracted guided or hunts been on? Just hunts been on. Hunts we'll been on. Hunts been how on. many? Yeah. How many book rams have you guys seen go down? <sighs> Want to say like. 16. 16? Yeah. That, no. More? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cutting yeah. yourself short here. I have to, I used I have to, to really have, crunch numbers on that. You guys don't know that my, off the top of your head? <clears throat> I used you know, to have all get, my yeah. papers. You're and a then. tattoo guy. I'd have a running checklist <laughs> on my yeah, arm. Do it. I would. I, I would yeah. literally have a running checklist on my arm. That's just the one ram that I put on there, but... What's a pretty called, sweet tattoo, by the way? Those are all the licking sticks. Don't let them fool you, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not sure what that's like. Yeah. What's that counting style <clears throat> called? The four and then the slash? Roman? Yeah. Like Roman numerals? No, no that's not, not Roman. Roman. It's, it's like a certain four, tally system, five. right? Tally. tally. Yeah, the tally, tally system. Mm-hmm. I, I, how do you not that. have that on your arm? Teardrops? Yeah. <laughs> Look, yes. I don't understand how you don't have that on your arm. Teardrops to little ram heads, dude. Yeah, one of my curls. That's a... He's a sheep fanatic. He's what is it, he killed like ten grand slams. Yeah. Holy hell. Yeah, and he uh, he gets after me all the time that I'm not keeping a journal like. Yeah. Of yeah. All of, and I, I probably get for I start losing my memory of all these hunts. That'd be cool so too for like later on in life to pass kids. down to someone. You, you guys are yeah. you guys are in such an elite class of like sheep guides, being able to to hunt those types of sheep, and like the the clientele you're into and all that. I mean, that'd be like my main tattoo. Yeah. Seeing how many have killed, just trying to add to it all the time. And I think it'd be cool too to keep tallies all the sheep you see, because then again, that's like more that's day, more journal because their journal arms would be all the sheep covered. you see. Yeah, fuck. That would that would be that would be journal status. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to like have that to look back on. Like, hey, this year we saw X. Next year we saw this. Five years prior, it was you know lower number, higher number. Yeah. It's the biggest like, ram you guys have killed. Zeus. 
Zeus. 185. 184.7H net. Net? Net. The number three in the state. And All time. The <coughs> largest ram ever guided by a guide service in the state of Nevada. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. What year was that? 19. 2019. Zeus, huh? 185 net. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> 185 gross, right? He, yeah, he's, he's 184 and 7 eighths net. 185. You can't yeah. 7 eighths an animal. I know. Well, Nets are for fish. Blake knows what 7 eighths looks like, but not anybody else does. You know, it's very guy, familiar. I'll, I'll with talk to the guy that 7 eighths <laughs> <seven eights laughs> from the back. How do you 7 eighths something? Was it Victor T? Yeah. Was it really? Yeah. <clears throat> Victor T, man, he's 7 eighths and something. Can't do that shit. <laughs> how, how many days you hunt for that ram? That was the second day of the hunt. See, but a lot of scouting obviously went into yeah. that. And yeah. A lot. That's, yeah. Two days, we kill you 185. That's easy. Mm. Yeah. Just give us a call. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're both losing our hair. Stress yeah. on watching rams. On these sheep hunts, too. Like, we're like shot distance you're trying to get people to pretty fairly close or. Yeah. Yeah. Sheep country's. You can get relative. Yeah. When you get a little cutty, you can get relatively close. We've had a lot of rams killed at. Under 150 yards of the rifle. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. But we've had some where, you know, then, like you said, some guys can't draw till they're a lot older and they can't get around. Yeah. And we can't get them as close, and they're taking the four or 500-yard shot because they, they just can't Our furthest sheep shot was 617. That's and a far sheep shot. That was that, that guy. That was do. six days, <clears> and <throat> he couldn't even hardly walk anymore. We hiked him so much, and he missed rams and couldn't get on them and – it was a long sheep hunt, and he finally made it happen there yeah. at the end. Really? Yeah. That's a long shot for, for in sheep country. That, yeah, that's, that's really a small-bodied animal. Like I killed my animal. ram in New Mexico at <clears throat> 400, which was like a – that's a far sheep yeah. shot. Yeah. He was just in the one spot that was – he was on an open hillside. I was on an open hillside. There was really nothing I could do. It was getting dark. I couldn't, like, spin up on top of him and come down on top. So I ended up shooting, but that was, that's a far shot for sheep. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys ever got any archery clients who are like, I'm an archery only guy. Mm-hmm. I want to shoot my sheep with a yeah. bow. Yeah, we number one and number three in the state yep. archery record. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. Almost heritage tech. Yeah. Huh. Brock's yeah. rim hall. Yeah, Brock's ram. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's what my, I have a goal to kill a slam with a bow. That'd be cool. Now the hard part, oddly enough, the hard part's going to be getting the opportunity, not necessarily just getting one killed with my bow, which is a kind it's a wild thought, right? Like, to get a rocky tag, to get all, another desert tag. I should have killed that one with a bow. I don't know what I was thinking, or at least tried yeah. to kill one with a bow. Um, but I would love to kill a slam with a bow. Yeah. Like, man, how few people have done that? Very few. They say more people have been on the moon than have killed a stone sheep with their bow. With a bow? Really? I was like, well, yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Holy hell. You could be yeah, in elite class. I've really want, I really want to chase a slam with a bow. That'd be awesome. What do you think the hardest one would be? Stone, stone for sure. Just getting. In. I mean, just where they live. I mean, I mean, it's not getting easier to get on a stone hunt. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty tough. Like just sheep in general. Like we've been talking about the resource of the sheep in general. Like it's not getting any easier to find opportunity for these sheep. So like you have to outlast that. Then you have to actually get one killed in the country they live in with a bow. Mm-hmm. You know. I Dang. actually think a desert or a rocky would probably be the easiest with a bow. Desert would just because be of the very country. Durable. Yeah, it's, it's doable. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just because of the terrain, you said it's pre-broken yeah. and cliffy and yeah, it's, yeah. Cliffs do well for bow hunters, and if you get on top of sheep, it usually works out fairly well. Yeah, that's how we've killed them. Yeah. Bed them and then get up around yeah. them. My yeah. my best friend Clay Hill drew his archery only 
Rocky tag in Colorado, and I spent 11 days out there with him in Colorado helping him. It's like, man, if you can get on top of them, it's mm-hmm. like you got a really good chance. They he ended up killing. It. He ended up killing the biggest ram in the unit from <coughs> below the ram, actually, hmm. which is really it was super interesting how it happened. We had so many good opportunities of us being above the rams, but then we we were the 11 days I was there. It's been a great wet summer right so it'd start out high pressure and then low pressure would blow in in the middle of the day yeah so by the time the rams would actually get under a cliff and bed and we could get on top of them then the wind would just go nuts downpouring rain wind going nuts well, i mean we got close a couple times the shooter ram would always be covered or something and then they get spun out and you know wind and sheep don't do real well no um when they, they always pile up too it's yeah like- and they just like pack up until they finally bust and then when they bust it's over yep so anyway, every time we got on top of them, though, if we if it would have just stayed a high pressure system, we probably would have got him killed in a couple of days. Uh-huh. Um, and then I'm going to throw Clay Hill under the bus here too. <laughs> Unbelievable stock we pulled off on these sheep, cut them off just right. It was they were getting out of their beds to go feed for the evening, cut them off just right. Had them all strung out coming right to us. We had one little cedar tree, one little tiny cedar tree that me, him, and the film guy were sitting behind. I went out there to film it with him and help him. He's, you know, done a lot for me, and he finally got to hunt for himself, so I was there. I wanted to film it, too. And uh, these sheep are just lined out coming right at us. We have somehow picked the perfect tree that yeah. was, like, covering all three of us up, the whole thing. Ram, he was the last ram in the, in the band. There was, like, nine or ten at the time. I can't remember. 30 minutes left of light. He's, I mean, he's a guide. He's guided more archery hunters than, you know, because Colorado is a land opportunity, right? The amount of hunters he takes every year is insane. I don't, I literally don't see him from August until January because he has a hunter every single day. And the amount of archery hunters he deals with, I don't know how he didn't draw before the sheep broke eyesight. I mean, sheep, that's what they have is eyesight. You know what I mean? He didn't. And so, you know, I'm, standing right behind him behind him and the cameraman and in my mind i'm like telling him to draw draw but he's a goddamn professional like you know he does this stuff every (laughs) who am i to tell him when to draw you know what i mean like i'm the guide i'm I'm the furthest thing from it that guy hunts a hundred times a hundred more days than i do a year yeah so i didn't say anything but in my mind i'm like draw like they are lined out coming like this you know when when sheep line out like it's it's a done deal like they are going you know what i mean it's not like an elk or a deer where they can just switch directions and mill around like when they line out they go and in my mind i just i didn't say anything anyways he didn't draw so the ram's sitting there and then by the way there's like this little notch it's not like a big elevation drop but like this little mound would dropped i don't know three four five feet or something yeah the ram, the big ram, the last one stops right on it, looking away from us, and he mm. goes to draw, and then all the other rams in front were like, oh, there's something moving, right? Like, just immediately <laughs> snap their head around. It's like, okay, well, that was done. But oh. if he would have been drawn, yeah. I mean, it was a 45-yard shot. It would have been would have been incredible, but he didn't draw. <laughs> so anyways, he ended up, killing, ended up killing the biggest ram in the unit, like 20-something days later. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm. Can't believe he didn't draw. I told I told him I would never tell anybody that story too, but oh, you heard well. it here first. Yeah, I heard it here first. <laughs> but that's oh. gonna be that scene on film. He's gonna have to relive that for a long time. Yeah, it's oh, perfect. The whole thing was on video. Oh, it's like on video. It's like perfectly. When's that on coming video. out? We're debating if we're gonna release it or not, just because of how it all went down. But yeah. I want to release it. 
the ending won't be the greatest because it'll be cell phone footage of him killing a ram by himself. Oh, that's but, right. Yeah, oh, you had a yeah. balance. You know? So it'll go from like amazing footage and amazing like story, all this stuff, because we're there. Him and I never get to hunt together. Um, and then it'll end with him in a cell phone. But I, it is what I it think is. That's I think that's still, still cool. pretty cool. It's a cool story, yeah. Yeah. You're I mean, we'll probably, hunting, which a lot of people don't get to experience that. So you might as well show that's it what, to respect the animal. That's 100%. What I was that's say. what I think. How, many, how few people get to hunt bighorn sheep with a bow? Yeah. You know, Rockies with a bow. Minimal. In some pretty interesting country. Like, not the biggest country, but Rocky, timber. Shelby, Timber, like Timber Hillsides. <clears throat> but then also like this riverbed with all these little 20, 30-acre farms underneath. So we're like on top of sheep that are like on top of somebody's backyard with a swing set. Hmm. Oh, wow. It was the weirdest, weirdest thing ever. It was an awesome hunt, but it was just like a weird setting. Hmm. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like yeah. a river bottom. Oh, oh, yeah. Like these little tiny, you know, old school uh, ranches yeah. that people have had mm. in their families for hundreds of years. It's like we're on the public on top of them, on top of the sheep, and the sheep oh, are yeah. on public on top of the ranch. Mm. Yeah. You know? It's weird. But it was really cool. I think we should release it. I, I second that. Yeah. We got it. Everyone and he'll have, to he'll have to relive that scene again. <laughs> We've all been there. I understand that. I, I I'm a whole different person <clears throat> from guiding to hunting for myself. Yeah, that's what he <laughs> said. He goes, I, he goes. I, I've been in that situation so many times, but never with the weapon in my hands. Mm -hmm. And like I was, I was still in my guide mind, not the yeah. hunter mind. Uh, yeah, I mean, I did it. Like I, when I shot my bull, I called my bull in, and I thought to myself, like, you dumbass, you better put an arrow on your bow. <laughs> like I'm like sitting there holding. I'm like, oh fuck, I need to knock an arrow. <laughs> I, I'm actually the killer. Oh, it's my turn. Shit. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was funny, man. Are you guys more stressed with the client than like by yourself, like that sort of thing? Or are you like pretty calm and collected? And I'm calm with the client. I'd be more stressed by myself. By yourself? <laughs> I killed a buck uh, a couple years ago, and the only I was going to turn my tag, and the only reason I kept it because we'd hunted this buck with two archery clients, and they'd all they'd missed several opportunities, and I knew the buck really well. Not a great year, but he was a cool old buck, and so. I was like, I can kill this buck with my muzzleloader with my boys there, and they could watch it all go down, and it worked perfectly. Bedded him. I sat them down on scopes. I went around back, came over top of him. They watched it all go down. And I get up there. On, I'm on shooting sticks like 68 yards from his bed, and I can't stop shaking. And my kids are watching. My dude, don't mess this up. Your kids are Colby watching. Colby gets pumped. <laughs> gets pumped <laughs> up. I, I, I stood there forever <clears throat> before I could finally. I'm like, he's going to win me soon. And finally, I calmed down, and I. I hammered him. He didn't even get out of his bed. But yeah, it was a cold. Was, got it felt like ten back. minutes. It was probably only like a minute, but I could not calm down. Yeah, I, mm. I get I get pretty shook up too. And that, that that's the feeling I love about hunting is to. There's very few things in life that yeah. can get me to that point, and hunting is like the purest form of it. But I am I am more calm for myself than I am for another person. Like I don't think I could be a guide because I I have so much stress on me for that person to have fun be successful, be successful. Yeah. whatever success is i'm not talking about killing but like enjoyment yeah. opportunity seeing animal success you know the times i take people like i took porter for his 40th birthday to colorado mm -hmm. and it's a place that i know that i've hunted before not personally but like been to so you know kind of the like the decision the thought leader of like where we're hunting where we're going i had so much stress on that hunt just to make sure it was a good I think we all hunt. have a little bit of stress. Like, oh, yeah. we, we want our clients to, oh, like... Oh, we, we stress on the clients, but it's, I think it's a different. I take it yeah. to an... I, yeah. I, I don't know how to manage it, that it's, you know, yeah. you, you have to let it unfold the same way. You, like, because I know I'm happy. 
I'm, I'm happy just to be hunting and be out there. Yeah. And like, I, it, it kind of removes that in my mind for me when it's somebody else. Cause I don't know if they're having fun or enjoying or, yeah. you know what I mean? I always want to ask you this. Do you feel like being a guide when you draw your tag that you have an expectation that you got to hold up? Yes. Mm-hmm. I can answer that for you. Yeah. It sucks. I can answer that for you. I have so many good friends that are guides. It really does suck. It's why do like, you think, this why do you think your... a lot of guides don't tell anybody that they draw? Yeah. It's mm. like that's yeah. your guys' form of marketing, which is such bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like oh, that, yeah. that's that's what it is. You know what I mean? Like when somebody, a, a public land DIY hunter, finds out that their guide buddy has the same tag. Yeah. It's like, oh, who's going to do better? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. You guys are, you guys are, what do you mean who's going to do better? It's hunting. Like who knows who's gonna who knows? Yeah, yeah. Like um, yeah. I've I, I've kind of realized that in my like last few tag draws. I'm like, fuck, dude. This is yeah, this taking, is really. That's when I like. That's the stress part where I'm like, this. It took the fun out of it. Yeah. You know, like well, it's your guys's job. <clears throat> yeah. It legitimately yeah. is your guys's job. Yeah. That's why I love what we do. Honestly, like super fortunate. We're more in just like the finding opportunities and just yeah. going hunting. So like that's what that's what we do and what we're good at and it's not so much like you know giants yeah you were less than half of well who cares yeah you killed an old great buck found the tag had no points what you know like finagle mm-hmm. finessed my way into yeah. this all these tags this year like that's what we that's what i like no that's that's awesome yeah and not so much on the actual outcome like i said success to me is loving it and enjoying it so much i can't wait to do it again mm-hmm. that's how i know if the hunt was successful or not. exactly that's the best way to put it Right, like if I don't kill, all good. If I, I if I yep. liked it enough that I want the tag again, or like want to chase that strategy or thing again, that was a successful successful hunt. Yeah. And I'm my kids are going to start applying. My my son drew last year an antelope tag, but I'm going to be looking at it at a totally different perspective. Oh yeah. I got to change the whole way I do things just to make sure that I want him to love it the way I did. So I try to look back at how I started. Yeah. yeah. And I want to all fun implement that, not the guiding of yeah, glass yeah. all day. Yeah. That's not going to be fun for me, you know. So. Hell no, man. Window time, listening yeah. to music. Yeah. Like that's how I, I mean, back in those days. Exactly. Yeah. That's what Make it was. a stress-free environment. So Just stress-free, have fun. fun. A yeah. fun camp Just at look night. look at a bunch of animals. Yeah. Camp at night, like you said. Not getting back to camp at midnight and waking up at 3 a.m. Like that's not fun for a kid. <laughs> no. It's fun for us now. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm in the same, same boat with my wife and son because I take them with me a lot. Now, like I want hunting to be what we do together at yeah. least one or two a year. And that's what it is. Like, go home early, go cook dinner, right? Like, go just break it up a little bit so yeah. it's not so much of a grind that we all enjoy. Yep. Yeah. And it's been it's been fun to, like, get back into, let's just go find a four-point. Yeah. Let's just go find a good four-point. If we don't find one by 4 o'clock, let's go home. I'll barbecue for everybody. We'll go have a good time. You yeah, know what I mean? Awesome. It's, it's been it's been a that's lot a, of fun the last two years to, like, get back into that, that mindset. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot of fun on honestly, especially to like find the tags to do that on too. Yeah. Like, oh, let's find a second choice Colorado tag. Let's find, you know, let's do this. Let's do that. It's been fun. Can't wait to do it again. I got something cooking for this year from my wife and son. We'll see if I can pull it off. That'll be rad. I don't know if I have enough points, but it should be fun. A little party, a little party app. Oh, heck yeah. Son gets to see mom and dad do something. It'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So... Any closing, any closing thoughts for you boys? How, 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 if someone does a sheep tag, how they get a hold of you? Want to like, you know, tango with the best of the best here. Just look up Silver State Guys and Outfitters. Yeah. Silver State, State Guys and Outfitters, okay. Give us a call. Yeah. Well, 
We don't like to play favorites, but if I had a sheep tag, that's I'd be calling you guys. So what I was going to say earlier is like talking about the, I know it gets very expensive. Like what do you guys charge for a sheep package? If I were to draw a tag, they're just a one-on-one Yeah, for seven days. Yeah. 7,000, 7,000. So it's expensive, right? But you drew a sheep tag. Yeah. That's in my mind, like, man, you just, you drew a tag that's valued at what's the Nevada tag valued at one hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. is like the, the open market price for what that auction tag goes for, man, that's, that's the value of, you can make that money back. This is what I tell people. You can make that money back. But you, you ain't, ain't ever make another sheep tag. You ain't no. ever drawing that tag again. Mm-hmm. That's when it, that's when it gets into like, there are some species out there that man, it's just, it's that true once. There's like the once in a lifetime. I drew the best elk tag in the state or whatever. Then there's like the actual true once in a lifetime. Yeah. yeah. And sheep on is that's what like we is. said before. It's the pinnacle. Everyone yeah. dreams of it. That's why everybody likes to talk about it and listen to it. But then when it comes to actually doing it, no one wants to pay attention because they know like they don't ever know that they're, they're going to be able to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I would say everyone to actually apply for Nevada for sheep. Like it's the best draw odds. No question. Like across the board. Like no question about it. It's and don't build up your points or this or that. Like actually apply. apply. Yep. Because yeah. I mean, yeah, non-residents with two points. Or drawn tags. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Six points, five points, four points. I'm going to buy points this year. I'm like, no, that, this could be your year, your yeah. only year. Mm-hmm. Always apply. Yes. You'll find time. Yeah. Like, Bonus you know, point system. Yeah. It's a, it's a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, do not buy points in Nevada. Just apply. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And if you want to know the strategy of how to get some tags, that's on us. That's on us. Go on Insider. So we always try to do a little promo code for you guys. So if you guys use promo code podcast, when you sign up for Insider, you'll get 50 points back to the Go Hunt Gear Shop. That's $50 you can spend on gear. So get some research. Do what these guys said. Apply every year for sheep because you always have a, a chance. chance. Might be a slight chance, but you're saying we have a chance. Yep. So but when you look at our draws, which, shameless plug, are by far the most accurate, um, like the, your odds, the, the people with 15 points – and your odds of at three or four points, it's really not like that massively mm-hmm. different. You both, I mean, there is still a chance. That's a, yep. it's a blessing and a curse with the bonus points. Is That's what it is. Yeah, yeah but it's fair. Like I said, non non yeah, get sure. into it and has a chance. Yeah. Hmm. So I'll call you if I draw a sheep tag. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> I hope you do. You can bring a bow. One of these... People Bring in this office boat. has to draw a tag well, I, have 15, I have 15 points now. Yeah, we have a lot of points in the government like, office. Are you going 100% archery? I would like to. Yeah. It's a good Me idea. too. I would like for you to. You know? Yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. <clears throat> now, let's, I got to get the tag first, yeah. right? Or whatever mm-hmm. tag it is. But yeah, I mean, that's my... I was so fortunate to draw that sheep tag, and I <clears throat> killed a ram beyond my... my dreams. And I did it DIY, did the whole thing, went out scouting, found the ram. He's 171. Like it, that's a know, great ram. I, that's I, an amazing ram. What else? You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm looking to kill one with a bow. And that yep. takes that takes a lot of efficiency mm-hmm. and resource, and that's what I want to do. I wish we could do more bow hunts for sheep. They are fun. Like it's there's talk about stress. Fun. It's awesome, Ooh. man. Heart, just like, just boom, racing boom, the whole yeah. time. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Someday. Someday, man. Someday. So, anyways, good luck in the draw. Thanks for all of us. I, yeah, I know, right? Tag. It's yeah. coming up pretty quick. So I'm starting to get excited. Colby's all out. the apps. What am I out? On the sheep tag. One more year. One more? Yeah. Start from scratch? Yeah, start from scratch. 
Mm-hmm. Draw a sheep tag again, I'd fucking lose it. With one point. All right, guys. Thanks for coming. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate both thanks you guys, Blake, Colby. Like this sun over here is just destroying me. Yeah, so I wanted to uh, <laughs> bounce out. So yeah. Till next time. <laughs>